0: that was not the way i wanted to do that hold on i forgot to switch the speakers so it actually comes through where it's recording so i just started blasting it over my actual computer speakers so you <laughs> know moment there. just kidding yeah i don't know why that was happening i think it's that one that i want yep <laughs> now it's in my headphones that's better <laughs> Welcome to Beerfield, where 410 episodes in, and we still can't get this stuff right. Although it probably sounded okay on YouTube. I'm your host at Beerfield Hop with Two Piece, joined by my partners in trade deadline at 30 BFF, at Beerfield Theory. Damn, you're so close. I give up. You get so far away. I quit. At Ryan Minor underscore FFB.
1: Nailed it. So Nailed it.
2: There hello, we go. Hello. Got
0: to get something right. It's just like some little check down throws to get into rhythm.
2: Of course, you get his right. God.
0: Well, God. sorry.
2: Sorry.
3: Right.
0: We got a lot to get into. We got some trade deadline to talk about. We got week nine. We've got um some relief finally coming to the Dan Snyder saga. Lot to get into. Some fun stats for you today. Um. So we're just gonna go ahead and jump right into it. But first. Like, subscribe, hit the notification bell on YouTube, Beerfield Podcast, where so we can yeah. interact and ask questions and all that fun stuff. So, do that uh, at Beerfield on Twitter to ask questions there and and follow along with what we're doing. I think that covers it. Faceoff dot com is our presenting, overarching daddies. So,
3: daddy, who's uh, your daddy?
0: If you want written content in the vein of what we're doing, Ryan Miner does a lot of writing there. So uh, fasoft.com, be sure to check them out for everything you could ever want written about, not just for the NFL, but for more stuff than that.
3: Yes, we do every sport now.
0: And with that... We're trying to. Disc golf?
3: Not yet. I said we're trying to. We're trying to move up to it. What's
0: fueling Beer Field? Ryan, go ahead and start.
3: Tonight I am drinking brew dog hazy Jane New England style IPA. It's called Embrace the Opaque. Is that's how you say it? Can't say exactly read. Comes in at seven and a half percent, so and uh happy to try it. Got me by the uh look of the beer can, so got it, couldn't pass it up. It's brewed in Ohio. It is.
2: Hopper and I have been there. Oh the actual brewery? Yeah. Yes. Where it's, like yeah. a, where it's like a hotel. You no, know, it's like one of like our first... It's one of the first hazies we ever had on, too. Oh, really? Yeah. W- yes, One of sir. my favorites is... It's much... It, it's... <laughs> Brewdog wasn't such kind of a piece of shit brewery at times. It'd be different, but it's still one of... Amazing beer.
0: And it was a pretty cool location, too. We drove, what, an hour and a half out of our way to go there, I think.
2: Yeah, it was... it was an yeah. I mean,
0: something like that. We made know an it adventure
2: out of year one, so...
0: We did one of the expo. We make it an adventure out of every year. We just don't do the same thing every year.
2: No, we don't.
1: Damn,
0: All what we right. got?
2: I am drinking. Uh, it's that time of year again. I'm drinking Half Acre's Oren. Oren is their bourbon barrel aged straw ale. Uh, it's one of my f- favorite uh, releases of the year. Um, half Acres out of Chicago. Um, straw ale is are are going to be rich in and and just the, the toffee. And you know, you, t- there's some apple and some cider, you know, there's some apple to it and such shit like that. It's a very, very fun and complex on top of adding the bourbon barrel to it. It's uh one of my favorite styles and especially when you get to throw it in a bourbon barrel, it, it, it's, it's it's like it, it's like it's like heaven in my mouth.
0: I am drinking a Guinness drought style. Oh my god. I'm I don't
2: bottle. It I don't think we've had Guinness on before.
0: We have so. not had Guinness on before. So, um, I'm doing this as I continue to work through classic beer styles. I got a judging certification test coming up here on on Sunday. So, that's that's kind of the reason for just grabbing something straight like that. But, um, a fun fact, if you want to so if you want to impress all your friends at your next party, Guinness is actually lower ABV than most American lagers or pilsners, So your Miller's, your Budweiser's, your, um, yeah, your Coors, it's actually lower ABV than all of those. So a lot of people think as Guinness is this big, thick, heavy beer. That's not the case. It's creamy. So it gives that impression. It has flavor, but it's actually not super thick, super cooling. Um, and it checks in, I think checks in below 4%. It's, I think it's, uh, four point one. I think it is. Is it really? Labels over it. Yeah, it's pretty low. Ah,
2: uh, yeah. I'll, I'll look. It. I'm pretty. Sure. I know it's. I know it's one of the lowest. You know, stouts. But uh, well, I the style guideline prior uh, four point two.
0: Yeah, and the style guideline prior stout is between three point eight and five. So lower than most IPAs. Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing. Yeah, I love it. All right. Four of you on that coming up. Let's go ahead and actually it deserves the a, a drop today. News. I thought I had something. Oh, I did have something for the trade deadline. I don't know where it went, though.
3: The YouTube background still shows the. Uh, oh, God damn it. Black
0: screen. Shut up. There we go. <laughs>
2: Where is our moderator? Where is our moderator that said he was in a monitor for us? I feel, I, I feel let down. Not you, the the guy from last week.
0: I am fumbling all over the place, guys. I am like, <laughs> I am Daniel Jones out here.
2: It's uh, if you're running so far, then you just you know falling down. <sighs> I oh, tried so hard. You know
0: anyway, Dan Snyder has hired Bank of America to explore options for settling the Washington Commanders. Oh, um, time. The feds came knocking on his door, I guess, for uh, financial reasons. And coincidentally, that was also announced today. Dun, dun, dun. So still like weirdly impressed by how Ron Rivera has been able to keep the on-field product at least more competitive than you'd expect with all the cluster that the front office is. But, you know, just a note. Uh, we'll get to the trades here in a second, I promise. Keenan Allen re-injured his hamstring. He's out indefinitely. As uh, said, it got worse during the week eight bye, which is not what was supposed to happen. And he will not come back until it is 100%, which it was not in week seven when he tried to play. This sucks. I hate it, this. I hate so, this. It, yeah,
2: It's so bad.
0: Yep. Uh, redraft, what are you doing with with Keenan Allen? It's keeping him stashed in IR, obviously, but maybe, but it, you know, let's say that you've got you need the IR spot. You betting on Keenan Allen being back to be fantasy relevant this year?
2: I mean, it really depends who you are trying to put over him. Um, there's no way you're dropping him if you don't have the IR spot, then you try to trade him. Yeah, I guess. Um, there's six games left in most of the regular season. You've been holding in most this of long. fantasy league. You've been holding them for this long. Um, you know how productive he is. It's the same situation with Jamar Chase, except obviously Allen hasn't been able to be productive because he's barely been on the field this year. Like, again, who who are you really, you know, debating between? And it depends, I guess, also depends how many IR slots you have in your league, right? Chase, maybe Jabbar Chase, and even then, you're rostering both because
0: also a little impressive that the chargers have not IR'd Keenan Allen. I mean, he said he was close,
2: yeah. He says, you know, he's not too far off, so I I guess we'll see. Could be back next week.
0: Doesn't it sound did. like he's playing in week nine? Said it could be scar tissue, but didn't sound optimistic. I mean, here's the thing, right? He's been out since week one. So yeah. it's week nine. The fact that they yeah. didn't eye arm at any point is. Yeah, it's it's like it's perplexing. just a nagging thing. that gives me not a lot of hope that it'll go away since it's just kind of hung around. You know, they didn't IR him, so they didn't think it was going to be a four week injury. And now we're. Two months into the injury. I mean, I guess with the fact that we got about, you know, six weeks left of the
2: of the fantasy regular season. I mean I guess hold him, you know, hold him for a bit longer. Yeah. You know when he comes back, I mean, you know, they last Mike Williams is also I think he's on IR as well. I think he's out for four weeks at least. So it's uh-huh.
3: the team's struggling.
2: Yeah. There's
3: the, the team is cursed. It it is, you know, it looks so good going into like week one. I was like, oh my God, this, this team's finally uh, every
2: single year, every,
0: every single year. year. JC Jackson too.
2: And and he's been bad. Like, like he hasn't been very good this year compared to what he's shown in New England the past few years. So it's, I still think I, he's one. Of I don't know what it's in the water, you know, out there in LA, but it ain't doing too high. I mean, look at the Rams too.
1: Yeah.
0: It, it's not like the Rams are in good shape either. No. No, uh, Brandon Cooks is pissed off about not being traded. I Houston, think he was excused again, wasn't he, from uh, practice? Yeah, yeah, he's been. So for we'll see. Personal what, reasons for personal reasons slash wrist injury, non football related. Um, so we're gonna see what happens here. They wouldn't trade him, and now they're excusing him from practices. He's pissed off because he feels like they're screwing with his career. I don't disagree. And this is Brandon Cooks we're talking about. Brandon Cooks has never to my knowledge, made noise. This dude has been traded a bajillion times. Has done nothing but shut up and perform everywhere he's been. If he's calling you out, you did something wrong.
2: I mean, regardless, even if he had a pat, like, again, like, (laughs) like he could be a rookie or at least, you know, you know, day two, day one pick right now. And and it'd be in the same position. Like, yes. He's been he's been loyal to your team, you know, through all the bullshit that came through it, you know, with the Watson situation and everything kept, else.
1: Kept quiet,
0: as he put it.
2: Yeah, and he he has yet to ever play with Watson because he played with Davis Mills in his first year with Houston last year. Mm-hmm. And it, it's like, it, it, what, what, how the fuck, like, how the fuck do you not trade him? Like he's uh, not part of your future.
0: Well, well, yeah. What do you think you're gonna do? He's late twenties. Get get something out of him.
2: I mean, unless you think the the uh a pick you would get from him is higher than what was being offered to you and you're not going to sign anybody in in free agency like this is this is so fucking stupid like this is so it's a so trash team state trash i think it was just his contract in the end of it cuz i think it was 18 million
0: it's 18 million
2: guaranteed is... that a lot of teams don't want to eat and Houston's not going to be, it's not going to be competitive. So use that as your advantage. Say we'll eat so and so money, and that's it. do a
0: restructure with you, convert it, and get them out of there.
2: Yeah, it's Ugh, so frustrating. Maybe we'll get cut, and we'll all be happy.
0: I'm <laughs> trying to check into that, but Spot Track's running slow. As shit.
3: I'm looking at it. yeah. I'm trying to pull it up too. I don't think you would
0: uh no he's actually in the first year of a contract extension
3: yeah it's 43.5 million dead
0: cap yeah the out isn't until after next year in his age 30 season yikes
3: yeah 34.2 <laughs> million next year dead cap space
1: yikes
0: yeah because he was traded and then next and yeah then signed an extension that just kicked in so, yeah, he's he's a little stuck. And it is 18 million next year. So, unless a competitor goes and, and trades for him and Houston's willing to eat a lot of that, he's kind of stuck. Uh, Bill's How activated. You, Go ahead.
3: I think he's done there. After 20, I think it's going to be 2024. He's still going to be there at 31. And then he might be out of the league by that point because he becomes a U, U, uh, UFA in
0: 2025. I mean, dude's still productive. Ish, I mean, <laughs> as productive as you can be on the Texans.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, maybe they move him this off season. I mean, it's it's. He's been he's been a hot name almost every year. I feel like, and he, and he gets you, traded often. Them. It's Houston. They're fucking stupid. Like
0: it was the eighteen million next year that most people think was the problem. His salary this year isn't an issue. His base is only one point one million.
3: Yeah. It's a salary next year to yeah, the other eighteen.
0: Next year's the eighteen million and guaranteed is the problem.
2: Yeah, they're not it, it's still dumb. That's you know, Houston should just get what they can get for him and move the fuck on. Like he's he's not a part of your future. You can't cut him next year, so just you're not getting a constipatory pick for him by the time he gets free agency. He's too old. He won't sign enough. Mm-hmm. He won't sign for enough.
0: Right. Huge cap hit too. Ah, Dumb. That contracts. Scott Hannah just totally aft. Okay. Again, Houston being Houston. <laughs> Stupid. Well, <coughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bills activated Tredavious White off IR. Rich get richer. Pay attention to that. His team's going to play Buffalo, um, whose pass defense has been good anyway. Secondary is getting healthy. Uh, Colts acquired Zach Moss and a conditional 2023 20, six rounder for Naeem Hines. So let's. Talk some implications here for a minute. First off, um, Zach let's talk about the compensation first. Zach Moss at a six for Naeem Hines. Uh yeah. It's it's fine. It, it is what it is. It's fine it, for yeah, it's fine. Know, satellite change of pace pass catching back. They, you know, Deion Jackson might have made expendable. So you convert him and, you know, get a big between the tackles back who, you know, had been Yeah, not super efficient this year, but not the worst he's ever been. And bring him in and just kind of see what you got with that draft pick compensation. Now, implications on this Deion Jackson, first off, prime position to the room, to the moon. Yeah. Jonathan Taylor is still dealing with an ankle injury. And now he's going to find himself in at least that Naeem Hines passing role. (laughs) Plus, if Jonathan Taylor is still hurt, if they need to, you know, split his carries for a bit, not give him a full workload, whatever it is they need to do, Deion Jackson is a winner coming out of this. Huge winner. I mean, it's hopefully Sam Ellinger
2: will throw him the same amount of check downs Matt Ryan did. Yeah. A few weeks back, because that'll be chef's kiss. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. RB2
3: upside. Especially if Taylor goes down. He needs to or be rostered. He needs to be picked up. He I was able be- to
2: pick <laughs> him up before waivers went through in my uh in my eliminator league and so fucking pumped. Oh my god, yeah. He's because number because one he's priority. So he, he's number up yeah. priority
3: he, he's Yeah, he's, he's
0: definitely a a number one waiver priority. Should be rostered in all redraft leagues. Um in Dynasty, it's you know, just like Naeem Hines is worth the flyer. This is worth the flyer. Especially if uh Jonathan Taylor really is on the Barkley route where you're going to be a rough couple seasons if that's the case. Uh, the loser in this one, I think, is James Cook, at least for this season. Um, you know, this is, I hate to say it, a direct indictment on him. The Bills have been after a pass catching back. That's what he's drafted to be. And the fact that they felt the need to actually go out and trade for Naeem Hines tells you that they didn't trust James cook in that role for a playoff run in my opinion.
2: Yeah. And, it, and it's not an all bad thing. I mean, again, we are constantly spoiled by, you know, by these, you know, you know, by these college players, you know, that can come out and produce instantly. Some guys take a little bit longer to get there. I wasn't a fan of James cook, you know, uh, coming out of Georgia, but he's still in a great situation, you know, in the long term as long as he can hold on to that role next year. I, it, getting a veteran, uh, change the pace, pass catching back like Hines, which is what the Bills desperately have wanted. It, it it's just a smart move overall. And you know, you know, at first I wasn't a huge fan of the trade. I was trying to figure out why they would trade for him and why they would give up really any compensation for him. But they've obviously have made this a pretty big deal. That this is, a, you know, this is something important to them. They tried to get JD McKissick. They spent the day two pick. You know, you know, for this exact spot, and 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 now they finally went and out and got, <clears throat> in my opinion, a better J.D. McKissick. So,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know, I it, like it too. It's, it's good. Yeah, it's going to also, you know, Devin Singletary. You know, less routes for I think he was a top five running back in routes run. That job's going to go away. He doesn't have a lot of touch on upside. Um,
0: yeah, like still I said good. off
2: the air. Yeah, he's yeah.
1: Yeah, it'll
0: still get between the tackles work, but it, it caps his upside if they plan to use Naeem Hines in that receiving role.
2: And I can definitely see Hines, you know, in those two minute hurry up offenses and stuff like that, you know, or if for whatever reason Buffalo gets behind or has to play a little hurry up, I mean, he's a more explosive playmaker, you know, and he's just better in space. So,
0: yeah, single theory is going to be the closer. So there's going to be some, like we saw last week. So there's going to be some game script dependency here. Yeah. Um, No dead cap for Heinz cut after the season either. If they don't want to keep him around,
2: yeah, I, I
3: I don't think they will. But they need to be a three hundred monster. You know, looking at it, (laughs) it's gonna be. It's it's like I don't know how to look at this backfield because, like James, Uh... I thought he looked good on Sunday night. I was like, oh, here we go, finally, like the pass catcher they've been trying to get. one
0: pass across the middle for a decent chunk play.
2: It looked good though. I mean, it's a problem where you can't, you know, carve up. More of a role against, you know, a bad pass catcher in Devin Singletary and the dusting of of Zach Moss. That's also not the greatest thing to see. But hopefully, like I said, hopefully, you know, it he gets should shit figured out and he's gonna be more productive next year.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Moving along. Jaguars acquired Calvin Ridley for two future condition picks that can top out at a 5th rounder in 2023, and a 2nd in 2024. They bottom out at a 6th rounder in 2023, and a 4th in 2024. So it can be any... It's a 5th or a 6th, and then anywhere between a 2nd and a 4th, depending on reinstatement, extensions, time played, certain metrics, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, um, real creative deal here, first and foremost. I don't think I have any... Yeah, you know, we see conditional picks, but I we typically don't see two conditional picks, and not with this many conditions and this much range of an outcome.
2: It's a very it a, unique situation, too. I'm sorry, it, it was a trade I did not
3: like. Think of seeing. I like, I was waiting. I thought it was, first it was no. Green Bay trading for someone. I'm like, oh, they finally traded for someone, but they didn't. And I'm like, what? Cal- Calvin Ridley? Yeah, no name. one name that no one even thought of the whole entire time.
0: No, because you don't expect it. A- player that's suspended that you're going to get no value out of this season to be traded but i think it's a smart gamble by the jaguars to you know try and go out and solidify some playmakers for trevor lawrence they're obviously playing the long game here it saves them from having to pay another receiver in free agency if they consider ridley to be that that you know alpha type which i don't i think he's you know better as a two with Kirk operating as a three, but if they do consider him to be that you get a little bit more flexibility with what you do with the top of your draft this year. Um, You know, because his talent level is higher than what you gave up in draft capital of the season. So, I mean, I don't theoretical upside. I know he hasn't played in two years. We'll get to that, but I think it's a smart long-term move by Jacksonville and by the the trade and by the Falcons.
3: But if you look look at the trade uh Really got suspended for betting on the Atlanta against the
2: Jaguars. Oh, it <laughs> all comes full In circle. Florida. Yeah, It comes full so circle. It like, all comes full. circle. Su- I mean, it, it's a good ending to this, and you, you know, I, I hope that that you know that really has made it, you know, past the mental health issues been battling with. I, I, I hope that he can be productive throughout. You know, this is, you know, <clears throat> as Hopper mentioned, this is great for both parties and great for both sides. Because eventually, if it all works out well for you know for Jacksonville, then Atlanta really gets a good payout from it. You know, from a player that never wanted to play with them again. So
0: right, and it's a rebuilding team, one that they didn't have use for as he enters his late twenties.
2: Yeah, it's it's uh yeah yeah
0: they've moved on from that era. So yeah, and if he doesn't get reinstated or isn't over that, then it's a steal for them. I hope that's not the case. I hope he does come back and you know, puts together a good run with Jacksonville as they enter what is a theoretical competitive window in the next year or two. But, yeah. Dolphins acquired Jeff Wilson for a 2023 fifth-round pick. Um, So, here's where this came from. I guess I should have read the other choice first. So, the Dolphins acquired Bradley Chubb in a 2025 fifth-round pick. Um For Chase Edmonds, a 2024 fourth, and San Francisco's 2023 first. So, this is from Denver. So, Bradley Chubb comes to to the Dolphins. Chase Edmonds and some picks go to Denver. And then the Dolphins turned around and acquired Jeff Wilson for a 2023 fifth. So, breaking it down, first off, let's look at the players that. they traded Jeff Wilson became pretty expendable after the Niners acquired Christian McCaffrey. Elijah Mitchell should be back soon to take the take the backup role there. Um, by trading Edmonds, um, the Dolphins needed a backup. So let's talk about Jeff Wilson landed in Miami first.
2: It's a good insurance, you know. It's Mike McDaniel's offense that that is a uh, does a a perfectly smart move. For a Dolphins team that's gonna likely, you know, compete for a wild card spot and probably get it, and it shores up an important position for that offense. <laughs> you know, Moster doesn't have a a great history of staying healthy, and you you're able to bring in a player that's very familiar with your offense and your offensive scheme for a mid to late day three pick. Is it's it's just smart, smart business,
0: and he may very, have very some insulated team. flex value also depending on how they they use him in this offense. We know that, you know, the Mike McDaniel offense can utilize two backs. You know, they're not running nearly as much as San Francisco did because of what they have in, in the passing game. But, you know, there could be some insulated flex value there, especially if you see Wilson in a lot of goal line situations.
2: I mean, you got to see Chase Evans even still get out there and run. I mean, both Mostert and, and Jeff Wilson don't have strong pass catching profiles, but you know, they don't really need those guys to be, they just need him to be above average. They just need him to be, you know, Devin Singletary level. Yeah. Effectively.
0: Yep. And then Chase Edmonds to the Dolphins or to the Broncos. Um, it's another lottery ticket for Denver. He's desperately looking for some playmaking in the run game.
2: He's not dead. <laughs> like. no, Yeah, he he has two shittier he he has two pretty below average backs in front of him and Neither of them are gonna, you know, uh, fill out the role that he can uh, provide. And yeah, maybe Wilson will throw, you know, softer checkdowns to him. I heard Tua, you know, can be a little, uh, can be a little gun heavy with his throws to him. Yeah. Maybe that's why he's, you know, he's got five, six drops on the year. Probably not, but you know, I have a lot of chase has been, you know, on my teams, and I like to, you know, find, you know, find the good in things here. Yeah, I bought it's, into him pretty hard.
0: It's a breath of some air. Um, you know, after Javonta Williams went down, Melvin Gordon is not an explosive playmaker, although he's relatively reliable in shorter yardage situations. Um, Latavius Murray, you know, a little bit more explosive than Gordon, but still they're just not getting what they want out of the run game. They brought in Marlon Mack to have a look at him. Apparently didn't like what they saw. So go out and trade for somebody and see what you get. They need the help.
3: They need
2: anything they can get mm-hmm. that whole backfield cannot move and the sad part is they they are they're so you know, firmly in the AFC wild card race because of of the disappointments across the board for a lot of teams in the AFC yeah it's, it's great
0: and then the other side of this the Broncos side um look they've had some emergences on defense that made Bradley Chubb a little bit expendable um you well. Know, Singleton has been fantastic there. Browner's been a force in the path in the pass rush. And yeah, it makes Bradley Chubb a little bit a little bit expendable. And then they, you know, they get a first round pick in return. San Francisco's 2023 first. So probably not a a high first, but they get a first round pick in return, which is never a bad thing for a team that they want to keep the competitive window open on. So pick compensation's good, but I think it's more impressive what the Dolphins did with the Trey Lance trade, if you haven't seen this yet.
2: Oh my God. It's incredible how it good is, this is.
0: It is. So the Dolphins got three first back in the trail Lance deal. They have packaged those first with various other picks and players and turned them into or drafted with them and turned them into Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, and Bradley Chubb.
2: Oh man, it's so good. Oh yeah. Winner, winner, and now every team's gonna do the same thing. Like, oh my god, look at the Rams and Dolphins. You don't need the draft players. You can just, you know, trade them for productive, you know, veterans already. Well,
0: they drafted Waddle, but I know, I know, yeah. So, just master class of a job of taking that capital and getting the most out of it. It's gonna be the By Eagles Miami. this
2: year. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, Howie Roseman's really good at that stuff. So,
2: yeah, you know what, that Saints or or. or, or Maybe Seattle, if Denver does end up tanking <laughs> yeah. like they can do the same thing.
0: Uh Chicago acquired Chase Claypool from the Steelers for their own twenty twenty three second round pick. So there was some back and forth here about whose it was. They got a twenty twenty three second back from the Ravens in the Roquan Smith trade. Uh, but it was their own pick going to the Steelers to get Chase Claypool. So I think it's a little bit of an overpay the more I reflect on it, I would have much preferred it been the Ravens pick, which figures to be outside of the top 60 or top 40, sorry, outside of the top 40, whereas the bears are going to be top 40, top 45 or top. Yeah. Top 40 ish. Most probably definitely top 45 and Ravens pick easily could be outside of the top 60. So yeah, definitely a difference in value there. It's the difference between the top of the second and the bottom of the second what you gave up for this. The other side of this is this is an investment in Justin Fields that they desperately needed to make to shore up the wide receiver core and get a playmaker in there. My take on it as a Bears fan, I'm excited when I shut out the draft capital side of it. Was a little bit of an overpay? Yeah, I haven't agreed with a lot of what pulls has done in terms of draft capital, but They did do pretty well in last year's draft as far as utilizing some of those mid-round picks to shore up the defense. So I got to trust the scouting a little bit. I'm excited for Justin Fields to have a real playmaker.
3: I think it's good to have the additional second piece there because you have Darnell Mooney, and then what else? You know, you have Equinemius State Brown.
2: How dare you besmirk Nikhil Harry. Dante Pettis. Dante Pettis. How dare you.
0: (laughs) Byron Pringle, their big offseason acquisition.
2: Yeah, it's like
0: you got the run, did, you got the running backs, which David Montgomery not moved by the way. So you got Montgomery and Herbert that have been driving most of that offense.
3: And plus now with Rockland Smith gone, you have now what over a hundred million dollars in cap space next year. They had the most already. They had
2: they had a, like a hundred and sixty million already. Like like before all like the signings, they have so much money in cap space.
0: They have all the cap space, um, literally, oh, literally all the cap space. Um, they've got a couple rookies on defense that are showing nicely. That you're going to need more. You just traded Broquan Smith and you know Robert Quinn, so you're going to need to get some pass rush to help that secondary. Um, you know, it's not a roster without holes, but we'll get to this in a minute. The offensive line's actually better than a lot of people think. Um,
2: it should improve the draft. Yeah,
0: so it's it's a it's a good uh, move. Overall, I I think the personnel fits right, even if it is a little bit of an overpay. You get a playmaker. Mm -hmm. Ryan Poles very clearly has a type at the wide receiver position, and it mirrors what Kansas City does with a lot of speed. So,
2: and he actually has size in Claypool. I mean, you know, Uh, uh, Claypool was a specimen, you know, uh, uh, coming out at six, was it six, six, three six, four six five, two thirty ish, two, forty ish. Yeah. Like he's built like he's built like a he's built like a move tight end, which is why there was a lot of jokes and talks about him moving, moving to tight, tight end after the draft. And he
0: was too he's too athletic for that. The you know four four two with a huge burst score. And I mean, there was no reason for him to. Yeah, and and, and there's six, six four two thirty eight is huge.
2: There's risk in this. Obviously, there is some red flags to him. You know, maturity issues. You know, supposedly he. He was kind of a bit of a head case in the locker room, but 900 plus yards and 11 touchdowns in your rookie season. Now playing with the best quarterbacks he's had in his short career. There's a lot of upside to this. Also, to note, uh, there was potential betting wars as, uh, you know, it was <laughs> rumored Green Bay offered their, you know, their second round pick to go out and get Claypool as well. Um, You know, I agree with Hopper. I wish it wasn't, you know, their own and good on, I mean, great on Pittsburgh. This is, fantastic it's a good return for a player like, they
0: didn't have to keep with picking they're
2: actually going to gain value on this deal they paid their own uh, second round pick in 2020 which was pick 49 in the second round that's fucking that's nuts because they're going to end up probably with a higher pick you know for a guy who who was who clearly not a part of their future and yeah, there not was th- some red flakes to them. and, 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 and uh, normally players would get moved before their rookie deal you know, uh, it tends to take a dip. So this is great for Pittsburgh. This is a strong showing, you know, a strong faith in, in Justin Fields from Ryan Poles, And looking at the 23 wide receiver free Asian class, woof.
0: Not a lot out there. The
2: highlight no. is Jacoby Myers and Juju Smith-Souster. Suster. is your highlight right mm-hmm.
0: now. That's I a show- good thing. <laughs>
2: It's not good. Like I no, love I, Myers, I, I, you love Myers, and uh, Myers is
0: too. a slot guy. They're both. I mean, they're both better ancillary pieces than they are once. So, and the Bears already have a good ancillary piece now in Darnell Mooney, who I think this helps. I don't think this hurts Mooney. I think oh, it lets this Mooney play more where he needs to be. It moves him
2: into his natural spot, and it moves Cole Commit back into his natural, you know, I target, a, a totem pole, and now we get to see. If this offense is is going to continue to open up, and, and
0: and now the Bears can sign somebody like a Jacoby Myers or somebody to play more slot, and you're good, or even draft somebody that fits that role now.
2: Yeah, what are you guys' thoughts on this year? Now that he moves from Pittsburgh to Chicago,
0: Chicago's been turning it up a bit. He does have some upside. I think he's a wide receiver three with upside in Chicago. It's going to take a couple weeks for him to acclimate. I think they'll package in some shots to him week 1. So, got to be matchup dependent. Um, you know, I think overall we see them utilized and not be so run dependent, especially with the defensive trades they made. They're going to be game scripted more into a passing attack. Um, and we've seen them trending that way anyway over the last couple of weeks. So, I mean, I think your floor for Clay or your ceiling that you can expect for Claypool is not going to be double digit targets. It's going to be in the 6 to 8 target range, but some deep shots to him some high upside probably a you know five to seven for mooney same type of thing so you know i think that it's a wide receiver three floor with some upside once he's acclimated into the offense
2: if he if he gets you know and that upside like even go. six targets that's a 40 percent target share what what what, what we're going to want to see is hopefully this is a bump to his in- and bump into pass attempt increase because that's what i'm saying
0: i'm hoping that the passing <laughs> attempts in general go up i don't think it's a 40 percent target share i think that the attempts go up since you added this and traded some defensive pieces that are going to force you to play from behind more
2: yeah it's uh i'm hoping so right you know so aside of my love for justin fields i hope that this because they're they're like this is a viable receiving core right That like
0: it is now it's it just it needs now. some
2: volume to it and now Maybe you can get something going on offense, you know, you know, you know, with the improbability of Justin Fields and, you know, Pittsburgh showed us during Claypool's rookie season, especially that you can draw up, you know, it's even, you know, a gadget style place. The way that San Francisco draws up stuff for Debo, you can kind of do the same, you know, for Claypool, which he yeah. did during his rookie year. Sit you know, back, see. watch
0: and have fun. Anything else on the Chicago deal before we move on?
2: Yay for George Pickens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the other Pittsburgh side of this. Here. Yeah. yeah, let's go to
0: the Pittsburgh side of this. So Deontay Johnson already getting a f Fload load of target volume, and you wouldn't think that given his productivity. This is good news for George Pickens, though, who should take over some of those shots that Claypool was getting as the athletic outside type of receiver. Um, you know, Pickens had kind of been the last couple of weeks between – I'm gonna be that wide receiver three kind of where they get some downfield targets with a little bit of touchdown upside. Like it's basically Donovan Peoples Jones, but with the touchdown upside. Um, and now I think this elevates him above that with that extra tar- extra target share. There, he's gonna get a chance to be a true one on the outside. And Kenny Pickett's throwing a boatload because they can't run the football,
2: and because they're always playing from behind. <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> oh, they're gonna
3: yeah. go over over uh. Was it going to be? Justin Fields will go over what twenty-two pass attempts a game now. Also, he should. I'm just looking at
0: he should. Um, But Pittsburgh side of this, I just think it's good news for for Pickens for Pickens more so than anything else. It opens up some of that target volume. Um, Yeah, I don't know that you can give Deontay Johnson all that much more, but it's it's good news for Pickens. And who slides into the three-year-old there? Oh. I'm gonna go look. But... Is it oh it's
2: uh Ray Ray McLeod? Is it Ray no, McLeod's
0: at it, San yeah. Francisco?
2: MacLeod's yeah, you're a... right, you're right. He was there prior.
0: Who took over for because
2: I don't know. I mean, honestly, I don't really care, but they're gonna probably end up starting.
0: Steven Sims, former uh so yeah. yeah.
2: Okay.
0: Uh they also have Miles Boykin there, by the way. He's a very similar build and athletic profile to what Claypool is forgot
2: that he went there. He's like your dollar store version Chase Claypool. He has great value, <laughs> Chase Claypool. He is totally. He's bargain Ben Claypool.
0: <laughs> Alright. All right. Moving on. DeAndre Swift saga. Uh, Dan Campbell basically said he's not all the way back to full health yet. He's a um, couple of guys sitting out today. We'll want to watch that more Thursday, Friday. Um, shoulder and knee still um so why he was on a snap count last week so something to pay attention to if you're a a swift manager campbell does expect him to get better and that to increase i think is you know there wasn't like a re-aggravation or anything like that last week it was just uh you know he wasn't quite ready to come back yet which to me that's a mismanagement if he's not ready to come back yet why is he taking any snaps or playing any football but yeah, you know, they got him in for a package and sounds like they'll try to increase it from there.
2: I'm a little concerned for Swift. This is uh what
0: three years. Three years in a row now where just he's nagging. been good when he's healthy, but it's just nagging injuries.
2: Uh, it's like right. Gary on Johnson all over again. Except right Seppi's actually good. <laughs> but it's My- it's like Jav best when he was good. Yeah, drive it bad. Yeah, this is uh, Ryan. has yeah, there been any news in Detroit? Like you know, you know, without you out there. Has been any? Is there any positive? You know, it's anything with you know with Swift out there from the B writers. No, nothing. Everyone's
3: hearing the same exact thing. You, I, you can't find anything. Like they were originally. The whole plan was, you know, they they told the them you, know, you need the to push. Your, yeah. you, know, you need to push yourself through these injuries. You know, you're not, you're not going to sit back and be injured. You're going to go out there and play and injured. Well, no, that's not that's not happening this year.
2: That's that it's should, never happen.
3: Thing, right? oh, should never happen,
2: right? Never happen. These NFL players, like these guys, go to realize, man, you can't, you can't, you can't let them do that to you. It's just fucking stupid.
0: Yeah. <sighs> so, just something to pay attention to, something to keep an eye on. He'll work his way back eventually. It's just sounds like they're being cautious with it.
3: We got Jay Swaggy, Jamal Williams.
1: <laughs> man
3: Fucking Jamal Williams. He's
0: a uh, national treasure. In more Lions news, Irv Smith Jr., that's a Viking, is going to miss eight to ten weeks with the ankle injury. <laughs> <and blue>. But <laughs> um, the Vikings acquired TJ Hawkinson uh, for basically what amounts to moving down in 2023 and 2024 drafts. Um, It was, they got Hawkinson a fourth and a 2023 fourth and a 2024 conditional fourth for a two and a three. So move down two rounds in twenty three and one round in twenty four to get TJ Hawkinson.
2: I uh I guess we'll start with this from the Vikings side and I'll let I'll let Ryan break this down from Detroit single. Right, I'll um, sit
0: here and shut up because I'm on the other NFC North team that isn't Green Bay. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey,
2: fuck Green Bay, do nothing. Um look, this <laughs> is uh yeah. Again, you know, this deal got announced before the Irv Smith news. Irv Smith basically hasn't been able to, again, stay healthy and give them, you know, the growth that they were looking for when they spent the second round pick on him. Hawk will obviously come in with the fifth year option. He should be on this team through this year, and obviously. And then through next year, from a fantasy standpoint, this is really just, it's a, it, it's a side move. Detroit's offense is actually, I mean, it, it has been productive. to score a lot of points. And we know what Hawkins's upside is if he gets the opportunity. Just you know, go back and look at his massive blow-up game. We know that there is potential to him. You um, should get a better play caller, an offensive schemer, a team that wants to utilize and has shown to use the tight ends in the red zone. Um, I think this is a a slight a slight floor upgrade with pretty similar ceiling, maybe a little less. Just because it's hard to see, Hawk, get any real significant volume when you have you know Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen there, um, but this is even bigger for the running game. Hawk, for fantasy is not a top five, five top five tight end, but as an actual as an actual like you know NFL tight end, he could be top five, just given what he provides in the run blocking game, or you know. <laughs> what he provides in the blocking game on top of being a very comparable receiver. So this is a great move for them. I still hope that Minnesota would have pushed for a more vertical receiver, but um, did not lose any draft picks in this essentially. And then, you know, get their big upgrade. It's a big deal to me. So I'm very happy to see that from that front.
3: And I was saying too, I heard they were also going after Mike Kosicki. There was a the NFL
2: rumor of
0: Gisicchi really being
2: a possible option for the, well, like I'm glad good. they didn't do that because he can't block for shit. So,
0: <laughs> yeah. So overall, sorry. Break it down from the Lions' side. I don't think we've done that yet. And then I'll no. I'll so for the Lions'
3: opinion. side, I mean, they're one in six. That offense can move, but it's not T.J. Hawkinson. That's you know getting them up and over the edge. That team needs a lot more. And it's and I knew that going into this that that defense is horrible. You need more pieces. This is a great, good trade for them. It's not a great trade, but it's good because essentially now the Lions have wasted two first round picks on tight ends, the other one being uh, Eric Ebron. So now looking at the draft capital they got, they have two first rounds because they have the Rams first round from the Jared Goff, Matt Stafford trade. And now they have two second rounds this year, going into the next year. So that's a good piece to start building with. But, I mean, essentially, I mean, oh, it's hard to look at it because now the Lions tight ends are Brock Wright and James Mitchell. So, you don't <laughs> know. I mean, we're going to get out of that. But, like, to me, this is a boost for Amon Ross Brown, and this could mean something more
2: for Jamison Williams in the long run, too. I mean, is it a big boost, though? Because, I mean, obviously, you know, when St. Brown's healthy, it's, it's head show. And that's oh, the yeah it's hot there's be games where hawk it's nothing and it's just a i think it was a mismanagement of his ability but i mean wait, that's wait, just wait, me from the, a the catch and anyway. fall
3: he always did the catch and fall it was never like a long good like catch and run it was always catch and fall to the ground and that's what always irritated me watching him
2: well i mean is it because it's being thrown off target and he has to just fall to the ground to catch it No, nah, how he, this <laughs> i'm kidding he plays, I know. You yeah know? which is weird because he's super athletic you should be able to you would think a guy with his athletic profile, you know, could be better after the catch. If that is the case, so
0: that was the sound of me googling something.
3: The yeah, sound say,
2: of Land... silence. It's us the researching I stuff. The Lions
3: got nothing to play for. They're they're playing for the 2023 draft, and they're gonna go from there. I don't know what they're seeing yet, but hopefully, it's something good.
2: I mean, he's just you know pulling up his player profiler. Um, no, you know, I, was,
0: I was looking at the fourth bro. after the
2: catch, you know, amongst tight ends, he's fifth in receiving yards. That's what I was
0: looking at was the yak. He's two Oh nine in yak it feels. Yeah. I mean, Dan, you had the number fourth, fourth and tight ends. It's 209 yards after catch eight per eight per reception.
2: Yeah. I mean, that, that one massive game will obviously make a pretty big difference It was back in week four against Seattle. You know, he went. You know, he went. You know, eight touchdowns or eight touch, eight catches, two touchdowns, hundred and eighty yards, like that's that that is the potential you could get from him. That's that's again, you know, know, part of the reason why he got drafted so highly. It's not his Mm -hmm. fault he got drafted top ten. Right, it's not his fault that Detroit again, you know, made a massive plunder in overvaluing tight ends. But maybe a change of new team. The fact that we 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 as you know fans of the game, fans of fantasy. All throughout Twitter, we we always preach that it takes tight ends a long time to get ready, until we actually find our favorite tight end prospect and they struggle to you know to be productive right away. It's the same thing every year. It just takes a while for these guys to find the groove, and you know, to them, you know, they're also pretty you know scheme dependent that they're being asked to constantly block and stay in. It's hard for them to score. You know, it's harder for them to get production if they're, you know, you know if they're blocking. So,
1: yeah.
0: Um, well, Minnesota's pass happy and we talked about them needing, uh, you know, another receiving option. I know that you were looking for a deep threat. They didn't do that, but you know, Hawk working this, the seam, you mentioned how athletic he is. I mean, maybe they try to use him in, in some of that role to create mismatches, allow, you know, like what Casey does with Travis Kelsey. That's not saying their productivity is going to be the same. But, you know, maybe that was the the Vikings answer to that. You mentioned him being a better blocker. I think that's, you know, an upgrade on Irv Smith in that regard. Yep. And you know, bodes well for for Dalvin Cook on that front. It bodes well for Cook Cousins. And I do think that, you know, you're gonna get a honestly you'll get more upside out of him, but more consistency.
1: Yeah.
0: Out the of Hawkinson. And that's and been the frustrating thing upside. is the floor and the consistency out of Hawkinson. If you can keep the upside but make the floor come up just a bit, with a little, excuse me, a little more consistency, you're very comfortably in that tight end three four range, which is kind of the second tier after the elite one. And I think that that's fine.
2: Yep, I agree.
0: For the Lions, you get a couple more options to stream depending on on what they do and and what happens. But I think that this is. Probably benefits to St. Brown, and DeAndre Swift, and then he's back a little bit more than than anything else, taking some of those targets away over the middle, and maybe freeze up a little bit more for Chark.
2: I mean, it, it could, you know, you know when you lose a really good blocking tight end, it could actually hurt the running game, hurt a the bit running game more. You know, I'm not saying Jamal Williams is going to drop off the face of the earth, but no, because
0: the it, offensive line there's
2: decent still when they're healthy, which is when they're healthy, very rare. <laughs> That is true. It feels so bad that on paper, that is one of the league's best offensive lines. They just can't stay healthy.
0: It sucks. All right. One more on the news. Mike White promoted over Joe Flacco. (laughs) The highlight. The highlight. Uh, Also, the Colts fired their offensive coordinator, Marcus Brady.
2: Which is a good thing. Because Mike is a good thing.
0: It is a good thing. So we'll see what happens there. All right. This is intended to be a quick ses- segment. We're going to go through a uh, segment I'm calling, Would You Be Surprised If I Told You? So I went through some stats and found some things that were a little surprising to me. Just interested in in your take, what it means for for redraft, dynasty, your view of a player, et cetera, et cetera. So let's go ahead and start. Um, there's some really for each category of statistic. Starting off on the passing front, First off, uh, Marcus Mariota and Andy Dalton both have a five and a half percent plus touchdown rate. Now, we haven't talked touchdown rate a lot on the show recently, but Dan, we generally operate with anything over five is is solid and anything over seven is elite.
2: I have to imagine that is extremely higher than their career averages, um, I don't
0: think it is that high on Dalton's career average. I'm honestly.
2: gonna pull up Dalton's now. His average for his career is a point 4. 4.
0: 5. five. So that is That's highest f- of his career in a hundred. He's got hundred sixty one attempts on the season. Yeah, so not highest of a, his career. Sorry. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, That's six and a half. Um. So and, and uh, the fact that the Saints are throwing the ball a lot and they have actually been very productive. Um since they made this, you know, since, you know, Dalton has taken over this, this offense is putting up points. Oddly enough, Mariota is 4.4.
0: Highest since 20, he did 0.5.8 in 2016.
2: Yeah. Those days are long gone, but again, this is also, he also doesn't throw the ball a lot either. His is one I can definitely see come down if there's any, you know, significant volume, but Dalton's doesn't, I mean, the Dalton's is good, I guess. I mean, I'm shocked by that. That it's it's right. I am shocked by it. But Mary Otis is so high because he, he doesn't throw the ball. Yeah, you
3: know when he does,
0: very... it's for touchdowns. Though, and that's right. going to get you points, and he runs the ball. And that's that's the other thing, right? This is the Russell Wilson philosophy from it really is Russell from, Wilson yeah. uh, a bit ago, where he's going to pick, give you, you know, sixty to hundred rushing yards a game. He's going to scramble for some. It's actually better better rushing floor than what Wilson had slightly lower efficiency on the touchdown rate, but it's exactly how Russell Wilson made himself fantasy relevant it was not by throwing a ton. It was having a hyper-efficient touchdown rate with some rushing floor.
2: And now they get Patterson back. He's been activated off of IR. So you get another playmaker that can do, you know, a lot of things as a running back and as a receiver, which should help open up the, the offense more in theory. Obviously I don't think they'll throw as much as a, as a, you know, as they've done so far, but. Something to keep in, go up.
0: It's something to keep in mind as you're streaming quarterbacks. Or you know, we really haven't had, immersively. Knock on wood, we really haven't had a significant quarterback injury this year.
2: God damn it! You just no. yeah, it had to. Be,
0: I said it, but I we haven't say it. I mean, we have. We've, there's been some benchings, but
2: no, we've
0: we've had one. <laughs> two was concussion.
2: We we've had Trey Lance, which you know. Oh, Oh. I was supposed I, to be a starter and and you know I'm I guess he
0: was, but when your backup's Jimmy Garoppolo and you actually started one game, it's not like you lost. I mean, I know a lot of people were high on Lance, but it's not I mean it's the know, only starting quarterback
2: didn't, that we lost the injury for the yeah, year.
0: Yeah, and you didn't lose somebody that was like super proven. You were taking a gamble on it. Yeah. So uh,
2: now that you said that.
0: It's probably gonna happen. But it's gonna happen, and if it does, you should look at Andy Dalton and Marcus Mariota as streamers. They're probably already rostered in in superflex. If they're not, it's Justin a good rotational Fields. piece to have. Same with Justin Fields. If he's not there, he's trending out. All right, Very up. Next one, Mac Jones leads the league at interception rate. By far the worst. I think he was. It's absurd, actually. Didn't he throw like three
3: interceptions last game?
0: He's had it thrown an interception every game. He threw three interceptions back in week three. And on the season, his interception rate is 5.1, which is a good (laughs) touchdown
3: rate. That's pretty bad.
2: (laughs) Is that because Zach Wilson doesn't qualify yet? No, Zach Wilson's (laughs) actually lower. I'm kidding. I know. I I just got to throw it in there.
0: 5.1. Oh my God. That's bad. That's real bad. Now, to Max credit, it was not that bad in his rookie season. You didn't know who his offensive coordinator was until the season started. I still don't think we actually know who the offensive coordinator is. It's some fragmented approach or two people that shouldn't be coordinating offenses. He's not exactly been set up to succeed here.
2: No, it's uh, it's not been good for Tim McCorkle. He's throwing a pick in every game. They don't give him the right pieces around him um, either. It's I I know. I wasn't. I'm not high. I wasn't that high on him anyways. It's this just, mm. just like this is a guy that was supposed to be efficient and and not turn the ball. over. Good. He had 13 picks last year. Ooh. Like it, it's no. This t- it's uh,
3: actually ugh.
0: not good either.
2: No, that that's <laughs> it's uh it's pitiful. I
0: can't fucking pull up
2: his there we go. It's touch already last year. Four point two. Four point two. That's that's bad. That's no, bad. I'm sorry. Uh a uh, two point five. Not touch rate. I'm sorry. Interception. Interception rate. 2. rate, 2. rate that's
0: still bad. Below two is where you want to be.
2: Yeah. Especially if you don't have a lot of boom to your game. If you like have a his... lot of
0: boom, you can get away with about a two, two point one somewhere in there, I think is where Josh Allen lives at.
2: I mean, like even uh, you know, like your Eli Manning's of the world and your, you know, and your Phillip Rivers where they, you know, they may throw three touch, or, you know, Jameis Winston's probably the most, you know, recent one of note you know, 30 touchdowns and 30 picks but yeah, 30 for 30 and most leagues don't have, yeah, right and most leagues don't have a super, don't, don't have yeah, a massive negative to touch, you know, to interception, so yeah, yeah. we got a question go ahead end question. Full PPR pick 1. Robert Tunyon, Darren Waller, Evan Ingram.
0: tunyon has got the Lions, Darren Waller has the Jaguars and Evan Ingram has the Raiders, which would make sense because, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're on the other side they're of that coin. Big,
2: because they're playing each other's teams.
0: Um I what think it's Tunyon. It's it yeah, Is it like Tunyon?
2: 22. Is it Tunyon?
0: Yeah. Lions are are pretty hapless. The Packers are short on, on receiving options. Tunyon's floor's been it's been there for tight ends. I'm looking it's to been not. five or six, and he ten had million. like a top of ten. The top of ten, reception wise, yeah. And target wise. I mean, it's not pretty for any of these guys. Tunyon's at least been the most consistent.
3: Yeah, he's been averaging like over the last three games, he's been averaging six receptions over in 52 yards. So, something that you, can, you hope for from a tight end if you can't get a touchdown.
2: <laughs> fifth and targets. I don't know if that was
3: mentioned. Yeah.
0: Actually, I take that back. I didn't realize how we do check things, by the way. I didn't I just realize... wrote about him.
3: I just wrote about him. That's why I knew about it. Ah,
0: Evan Ingram? No. Uh... Tanyan? Tanyan, yeah. So, Evan Ingram, let me give you his last four games. 10 targets, 10 for 6, 69. 6, or sorry, 6 of 10 for 69. 5 of 6 for 40. 4 7 for 67. 4 6 for 55 and a touchdown. 40-yard floor with 4 reception floor. That's 8-point PPR floor over the last 4 weeks for a tight end. I'd actually probably go Ingram. Yeah, I'm not this flip. Given where that's been been trending when I look at it I'm flipping I'm going Ingram
2: we're riding Tony and basically basically off of one game yeah and we're picking an offense that throws significantly less than Jacksonville I mean again all three tight ends are relatively in the same tier Waller isn't healthy still Um, and the Raiders are just flat-out bad at least Ingram is getting like he's second third in that target rotation so I think it's Ingram. I think you just have to trust. You just have to trust that. Ryan, do you have any do you have any closing thoughts before I go to the next question? Nah, you're good. Another question. We do. Okay. This is a uh evaluate my trade question. Okay. He just traded, it traded Terry a scary Terry, Tyler Lockett, and Deonta Foreman for Derrick Henry. Um, I'm assuming redraft. Um, there's no note to you know team size or whatever. So basically, it's scary. Terry Lockett and Foreman for Derrick Henry. Uh, Patrick, yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Hey, Blurpee, you're buying on you his big game. Uh, blur If you want to, i put your team in the chat as that well. Always helps. Yeah. Um, I think I think in a vacuum, I think it's, it's in a vacuum. Fine I think me. it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: I mean. Yeah. McLaurin throws the occasional good game out there lockett's been quietly solid on the floor game foreman's probably going to go into a split with chuba again even though he's been really good the last two weeks and efficient you don't get more solid than what derrick henry gives you and you don't get more insulated volume than what derrick henry gives you you know with some some built-in touchdown upside he is that offense so you know anytime you're upgrading to to derrick henry as long as you're not giving up you know multiple elite pieces it's probably a good trade
2: yeah and i'll eat the l on this obviously we were all pretty low i was
0: right there with you his efficiency right,
2: i mean he wasn't efficient to start the year
0: he came back into it though
2: he he since week three he has scored six touchdowns he's over 25 target he's over 25 targets he's over 22 targets Touches a game, he's been back to back thirty. I still have my concerns for him long term, but in a world full of running backs that have been vastly disappointing this year and hurts, as Hopper mentioned, also that Nick Chubb. Who's who's more safe? You know, obviously McCaffrey and Barkley, You know when you know what they're receiving for, but in the styles of Henry and Chubb, it, it's those two. Yeah, so, you're not going to get two touchdowns every game, but he's going to get you 25 plus touches. We know the offense is built around him and him and himself, like Derek Henry himself is a unicorn. And at this point, you might as well just ride the ship down until the end of the ocean. So I think it's a fine trade, especially if you have the depth, you know, you only lost one running back in this. It's a lot easier to replace receivers than it's running backs. Yeah.
3: well, Especially back at like Henry's level.
2: Okay. He posted his team here. So, with the addition of Henry, he he, gets, he adds him. Holy oh, shit, man. He adds them to Delvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, and Travis Etienne. That's great. With Gibson and Pacheco behind. It's wide receivers, Hopkins, Amon Ra, Pittman, Wandel, you know, as a flex. The Titans are, you know, it's the same spot this other guy is in. <laughs> Waller, Ingram. Yeah, he's got Taysom Hill. Like he's like he can run two flexes. So he can play all four running backs. can.
1: Okay, and I it's, mean,
2: what hurts it is QB. It's just,
0: yeah, no, that's that's good, and I think they're getting solid. Hopkins yeah, you're built back for a
2: championship run there.
0: Yeah, yeah. But getting Hopkins back made Terry t- in the rotation of Terry and Lockett expendable.
2: Yeah, you, uh, as long as you can avoid the injury bug, which is what we all can pray for for our teams. You are set up to Dude, probably. Probably take down or at least be very competitive in the playoffs. So, and if your only rotating piece you're moving around is at tight end, I think you're doing just fine. All right. All right.
0: Cool. Ready for the next one? Let's do it. Daniel Jones and Gina Smith both below one and a half percent on interception rate.
3: Very
2: surprising,
0: especially for uh, uh,
2: Daniel Jones.
0: Uh, Daniel Jones was the one that surprised me there.
2: Is he being asked to do a lot. I, I know the offense is built he's, through Barkley, but running a lot. I think, yeah, okay, I think he's
1: like second, is. Is he I mean, like second he's or third. I mean, he's throwing,
2: rushing? he's averaging, he's
0: throwing more than 30 times a game,
2: 27 and a half attempts, that's not per more game. than
0: 30, but still right at about.
2: Well, I thought you said, I thought you said he was averaging more than 30. So it did say it was averaging oh, more okay. than
0: 30. That's what I said, is that's not more than 30. Never mind. But... <laughs> He's definitely had several <laughs> games. He's had four games where he has had to throw more than, than 30 times. He's just taking care of the football. That that no pick since week three. He's game actually, manager. It's actually... He's Alex Smith. So I say below one and a half. He's actually at 0.9%, which is elite.
2: He's a QB2 and super flex.
0: Yeah. There's he's no a,
2: downside, and there's only upside with his rushing floor. His interception but,
0: and, rate has gone down every year of his career.
2: And you look at his the way he plays too. Like he looks at his options, and if the options aren't there, that's when he tucks and runs. He's Alex Smith.
0: He's Alex Smith.
2: He's a game manager quarterback with you know you know with rushing upside,
0: and he can do that if he's not turning the ball over. And he just uh, has two picks this year. Yeah, and I mean three fumbles, but yeah, it's also probably down honestly. So cool, good for him. Gino Smith is doesn't surprise me where he's been at as efficient as he's been at everything. That actually doesn't surprise me that he's that low. But Daniel Jones was a surprising one.
2: I'm so happy for Gino. I'm mean, I'm happy yeah. to see that you know that Daniel Jones has been able to turn himself into a game manager plus, especially with how bad it looked the first three years. So yep, good for him. Remember Justin Herbert
0: is worse than Kenny Pickett and Davis Mills and on target throw percent. He's, it's rougher, rougher Just in the rougher streets. The it's rough for not have receivers. Yeah.
2: It's, especially when the only receiver on that team that can separate hasn't played since week or has barely played since week one. Yeah. Mike Williams can't separate. I you know shocking, you know, to everybody out there. His best receiver is Austin Eckler and Gerald Everett. And Josh Palmer now. All right. That's. <laughs> That's what we're
1: down
0: Ooh, to. That's what we're down to.
3: DeAndre Carter. All right. Ugh.
0: Next next one. This is going to tell you something about where Justin Fields needs to improve. He's tied for the league lead in pocket time. 2.6 seconds per on average to throw. He's also tops in the league in pressure percent. And top three in sacks.
1: Those he two is. things.
0: He's a see it and throw it type. So and we know his receivers weren't separating, which is likely a is good. Gotta get rid of the ball.
2: I yeah, which can easily be fixed. That's that's on him, and that's also on it's also on coaching. It's timing, also, it's
0: scheme, it's people need to separate. It's you need improvement to wide receiver. It's I mean, lot.
2: this this is a very common trend for young quarterbacks, every one of them, especially now like the bowls we see nowadays where there's a lot of athleticism to them and it turns into hero ball. These guys can make these guys made plays throughout their entire career in college, and they're coming in thinking you know they can do the same. And it 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 you know it gets caught to them, it, you know. And to your point, he has an end receiver that can separate. A Claypool isn't a great separator, but he's fantastic with body positioning, and he's extremely mm-hmm. fast and athletic. Like it feels yep. has a good arm; he can get the ball downfield. You trust them yeah it's uh that'll get better now i mean maybe not this year but it'll definitely get better
0: and that is pocket time too so that's you know before he has to scramble or buy time or anything like that that's literally time he has with a clean pocket so um shout out to the bears offensive line who also graded very well in the running game um flip side of that joe burrow i didn't have this one on here just to so you can see the the range joe burrow is worst in the league with 1.9 seconds to throw
2: and you wonder why Mixon's also struggling. <laughs> like, oh my god, yeah. They yeah. spent they so much so money on this offensive line, and I and thought it'd be fixed. I, I thought it'd at least improve by now. But it why? looked even worse
3: on Monday night. It's <laughs> like, how? I mean,
2: the Browns have mild scare. That dude can fucking do literally everything. So, But the Browns yeah.
3: just have like Cincinnati's freaking number, too. So, yeah, Burrow
2: th- has not won a game against them.
0: Speaking of uh, Joe Mixon, Damian Pierce from Andre Stevenson and Tony Pollard and Khalil Herbert. So, Pierce, Stevenson, Pollard, Herbert. All top 10 in yards after contact. The counting stat. Not per carry. The counting stat. Three of those guys are in timeshares. Joe Mixon is 51st in (laughs) yards after contact. So, don't let you not get blocked for when you're not... Yeah, when you're not able to break any of that you're make sense better in space that's not a shock to anybody i don't think but yeah. that's that doesn't bode well now those other guys we're talking about them being hyper efficient and that's why there's a reason that you know pierce is just that type of runner but stevenson pollard and herbert stevenson this is a trend carrying over from last year um pollard and herbert it's why they're so efficient with so little touches
2: I mean Pollard showed this, and yeah. it, it, and now we're about to see is he going to become the next Duke Johnson where it was he's literally every like analytical favorite running back that doesn't get the workload we all want him to get mm-hmm.
0: it, This is good news on Pierce and, and Stevenson though to say that yes, they're they're real, so take that into account <laughs> for dynasty is the, you know these performances, especially Stevenson who showed the same type of it was about the same last year in a limited role like the breakout is real what's happening is real and you should play with that accordingly
2: i trust stevenson a lot more i i i want to believe in damian pierce i'm a big fan of his um i I want to
0: but i'd haven't seen her i haven't seen a reason not to yet other than he plays
2: for for dynasty wise yes and you know it's his profile overall. Again, you know, draft capital still plays a point into that, but obviously not anymore, but
0: yeah. Deontay Johnson, third in the league in targets, ahead of Jamar Chase, Stefan Diggs, C.D. Lamb, Justin Jefferson, and Devontae Adams. He's not a wide receiver, too.
2: He's played... I think he's played more games than... I think so. I think two or three. I think for sure Diggs and Jefferson, obviously. I don't think Lamb yet. Oh yeah, Lamb's this week. It just again, it's the product of all bad Pittsburgh's offenses. Again, it the, the horrible old line, no running game. You can basically blanket cover the passing game, and the only reason that they're getting there is because of volume in the passing game.
0: Yeah, seventy six targets on the season already. He's only caught forty
2: three. Wow. C D Lamb was kind of in the same position too, right? You know, with all that time with Cooper Rush, he had a buttload of targets, but he just wasn't you getting the production
0: Uh CD lamb 73 targets, 42 receptions. So uh, damn near exactly the same, just more efficient. And one has Zach Brett Scott
2: <laughs> in a very explosive offense. And the other one, it's that's not it's
0: 200 uh, yards more than what Deontay Johnson has off the same number of targets or receptions.
2: So bad. Thank God. Claypool got out of there, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're going to be a bad team and they. You know, I, I can totally see them, Josh Rose and Kenny Pickett with the top three or five pick. Yeah. Flip side of this. this? Yeah, I yeah, do. Go ahead. Yeah, they could. I, I absolutely do, and they probably should. Given how good the AFC is in paper, depends on if there's a,
0: yeah. reg- a regime change. I think that too. Um, Tyree Kill already has 92 targets, and he's going to clear a thousand yards this week with, four, with enough, a 40 man. yard game. It's this we're halfway week. through the season.
2: Because uh, <laughs> he's got those two, those two just massive, yeah, two massive games with Tua. I, this makes me love Mike, but more. It gives me a lot of, a lot of excitement for, you know, for Waddle because Hill is coming on the downturn of his career. Waddle's coming into
0: it. Hill and Waddle are both top 10 in the league and oh. air yards, yards before catch. Here's me going to go throw reception. Up.
2: A uh, trade off rooster Jalen Waddle now. Yeah. <laughs> God, I want to. They're,
0: they're both up there. Yeah. Uh, Fun times. Fun Austin Eckler, fourth in receptions per game, first in yards after catch. And I think he already has, I think he's leading running backs with targets as well.
2: Should be. There's no one else to throw to out there in LA. <laughs> I'm just
0: saying the same thing.
2: He's
0: getting 13 <laughs> to 14 targets a game. He's got. Oh
2: my. He's the new McCaffrey, except. He
0: he has sixty one targets and fifty three receptions already. He's on pace for one hundred and six receptions and one hundred and twenty targets.
2: Yeah, he's literally the new McCaffrey. That is, that is McCaffrey with, you know, during his blow up days with, um, with Newton and that horrible offense they had around him. Yeah. Oh my god, that's hysterical! Actually, I didn't realize it was that much.
0: Yeah, it's a oh lot. My, oh my god. Oh <laughs> my god. Uh the yardage just isn't is nearly as efficient. He, dude's right now on pace to have over a hundred receptions and only six hundred and some odd yards. Oh, that's a product of the offense, unfortunately. It no, it one hundred percent is.
2: Well, he scored my I lied about touchdown. He he he's literally falling was it the two thousand nineteen McCaffrey? Yeah. A corollary where he scored he's got seven touchdowns eight, eight, this eight, 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 total. In four games, in the last uh, four games, to start the season, he had none. Yeah. Oh, Eckler.
0: On pace for 714 yards, (laughs) which would not be a career high.
2: I mean, I wouldn't want him running yards either. I would just keep throwing him the football. Fuck, he's so so electric in space. So good.
0: Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, seventh in yards after catch, and third in yards after catch per reception.
2: I'm so glad this is paying off for me.
0: He's doing great with the Oh, ball he's designs. doing awesome.
2: And he's in the perfect offense. He is a buy in dynasty. Like again, mm-hmm. I I just acquired him. I, I overpaid a little bit. There's some risk to it, but still this is you got to get him now. You know, hey Kelsey mid 30s. He he's going to take over as you know, as Mahomes is number 1, you know, o- over the middle option cuz I I feel very confident that that KC will re-sign him. Oh yeah. yeah, he's been their most consistent, you know, receiver, and he plays a different role than all the receivers they have right now.
0: And he's, you know, in line coming off the bye. They've got Tennessee. Um, he's actually been pretty good against the pass. But then, Jacksonville Tennessee? Chargers, Rams, Bengals.
2: Yeah, Tennessee's been really bad against the pass. Mm-hmm. I don't think it matters who he plays.
0: Yeah, I don't think it yeah? matters. I think.
3: I th- I think usually the, usually the better they are, the better Mahomes is, <laughs> which is weird. Like how he like manhandled San Francisco.
2: And he did it because of the blowout. He did. He he, he only ran twenty two routes. Twenty two routes against San Francisco. I mean, yes, it was the blowout. Eight targets on twenty two routes. That's that's pretty goddamn good. I
0: don't know what I was looking at. Yeah, Tennessee's bottom half of the league in all passing metrics.
2: Yeah, I
3: It's like not really bad,
0: league. but it's still bad. So he's got a, a strong stretch coming up.
2: He's been uh, back-to-back. Back-to-back. Back-to-back back playing leads. Yeah. And back-to-back top 10 finishes amongst receivers. So yep.
0: Yeah. Coming Good. into his own in that offense. Oh, yeah. Uh, D.S. Samuel, seven drops, leads all wide receivers.
2: Still gets targets, though. And it yeah. gets handoffs. And those upside. just imagine if you caught the
0: football. <laughs> and got the touchdown still.
2: Drops only matter when you don't have an actual role.
0: But so another, speaking of drops, another one that surprised me, at least for one of these guys. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson are tied for the league lead with 18 drops for other wide receivers.
2: It, it does not shock me for Green Bay.
0: that Green Bay doesn't, Denver does. Yeah, it, that one does. That receiving core should be better than that.
3: They should have, like, stick them on their
0: hands. <laughs> they need to do something. They're just gloves. Uh, Houston, Green Bay, and Chicago all have allowed over 900 rushing yards this season. So that's... They're the three worst in the league by, like, a 70-yard margin. Lay all running backs against them. Um, The Giants have allowed fewer than 20 receptions to running backs this season. In comparison, KC, who's allowed the most, has allowed
2: 61. Makes sense, right? Casey is always playing with the lead and the Giants have arguably one of the best defenses in football right now. Yep. They win dirty all the time. The games are always close.
0: Colts, Eagles, Broncos have all allowed under 1,000 receiving yards to wide receivers on the season. And Denver's only allowed one wide receiver receiving touchdown, four receiving touchdowns in total.
3: That pass defense is just freaking nuts.
0: Denver's yes. Yeah. Now the Colts is the one that was surprising to me as far as yardage allowed. They've actually been good against the pass. I think I had them and the Titans crossed up for the surprising team against the pass. Oh. Uh, yeah. Okay. Because the Colts have actually been decent against the pass. And the Eagles, we know their defense is good, but I expected them to be probably middle in the pack against the pass just because of how good that offense has been playing and how they how much they've been playing with the league. But that's not the case. They've got it going on both sides of the ball there, you know, they're for a real championship contender that six and0 isn't a lie like the Steelers was a couple of years ago that's that's real
1: well, well
0: Philly and they have yeah
2: they have such an easy path to the Super Bowl for them like there's there's like Dallas is maybe the closest team that can compete with them and they already beat them this year
0: Falcons, Jets, and Cardinals are the only teams to allow 500 tight end receiving yards. This is the second straight year in a row where the Cardinals have been a fantasy goldmine for tight ends, but the Jets and Falcons are newcomers there.
3: Love it. Oh, yeah,
0: Arizona. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Love it. Uh, Chicago leads the league in rush yards allowed to the quarterback. Dallas leads the league in sacks. And Ramondre Stevenson is a top 10 back in total scrimmage yards.
2: and should be considered... uh... A French top twelve, right? He's a French RB one. I think we can say, yeah. Um, you love obviously you love a little more upside with the offense as a whole, but he's catching passes. He, he and he's taking carries and touches away consistently from you know from Damian Harris. It's, it's his backfield until he's until his rookie contract comes comes up. Yep, <laughs> that's just how they operate out there in New England.
0: So that's it. Just wanted to do some perspective things, some things that were surprising to me as I really dove into just kind of the NFL leaderboards as a, as all whole. What what really jumped out? There was a lot in there that, you know, I didn't know until I I wrote this down from a, from a perception standpoint, from things that were, you know, meeting the eye test, but maybe I didn't necessarily believe in, um, some adjustment type things for playing for matchups and. Now we'll apply them as we hit the beer review at the midway point of the show, and then we jump into uh game previews. Beer review. All right. Damn.
2: All right. Again, I am drinking Orin. This is a bourbon barrel aged a strong ale from half acre out of Chicago. This is a pretty complex beer. You know, Hopper's talked in depth about, about strong ales. Um, so we don't have to go too much into that. I also don't have the, the knowledge to get that in depth with it, but so you look on the color of it, it's pretty rich there. Um, it, it looks a little darker on camera, but it's got that, dip, the true dark, dark amber color to it doesn't have a massive body compared to like, um, you know, uh, to a barley wine ale, but uh, it's got strong flavors. You get a lot of the 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 barrel being um, partaked into this beer. Uh, you get a lot of the, uh, the caramel. And you get the roastiness from the malts. So I get a little bit of apple on it, um, which I think may come from the straw ale side of it. And and it, it's got a nice. There is a nice strong booze flavor to it. Uh, I know this clocks in, in the, at at least. It's at thirteen percent. So, if you like this style of beer, I, I highly recommend, highly recommend uh, picking this one up if it's if it's in your area.
0: All right, I'll go ahead and go. I'm drinking Guinness. Guinness, slightly sweet, um, very very light body, Has advertised. Ton of chocolatey notes to it. Um, you know, a lot better is it, as it warms up. Honestly, as most european stouts and european beers are and most stouts are um doesn't have any you know it's a very light roastiness which is true to style it's not like american stouts where they're roast heavy and coffee heavy and hop heavy or anything like that definitely tends to lean a little bit a a bit sweeter um but you know very easy drinking not nearly as heavy and cluing as i remember it being i haven't had a guinness in years um you know very very pleasant actually um i used to question why people what the hell why do people just want to order a guinness and i get it it's it's flavorful it's chocolatey it's it's lightly sweet it's creamy it's refreshing it's like the perfect winter beer that i can just sit here and drink on
2: i have drank plenty of nights eight you know four eight packs of guinness and, you know, I love the, so much. again, I love the Guinness.
0: name of the show is things that are surprising. When I was told in the BJCP class, you know, that Guinness is lighter than than, you know, late beers, then Pilsners, right? It's like, really? Like, yeah, I used to do it as a party trick. Just sit there and and Chug Guinness and people were surprised at how I could do that all night and still be on my feet because everybody thinks it's this big, heavy beer. And it's not.
2: No, why you can I mean, I, an
0: Irish car bombs?
2: I got those questions all the time in my days at Benny's. I need, I need you go, you guys got a stealth that's light. And I'm like, oh, I do. You can probably get it around town in most bars you go to. It's called Guinness. I'm like, oh really? I thought Guinness would be heavy. I'm like, nope. No. It pays it pays to learn. Love, love, love Guinness.
0: So Bud Light, Bush Light, Corona Light. Bud Light is 4.2%. It's the same alcohol content as what Guinness is. <laughs> Guinness Draught is the same alcohol content as Bud Light.
3: Freaking nuts, Brian yeah. Hazy Jane. How about it? By Brew Dog comes at seven point two percent, and just like all my other hazy IPAs, they all have that tropical fruit background to them, right? The pineapple, the mango. I can taste it
2: got everything man <laughs> definitely do it again
0: all right all right dan lead us in i need a beer
2: all right we're good thursday night football because we're not recording there thursday right now eagles at the texans largest largest spread question mark largest spread should be largest spread of the week there's three double digit ones uh a 14 point spread at 45 and a half is the game total here. Um again, I don't love betting double digits. Uh spreads, a lot of shit can happen when teams get big leads that can just allow the other team to come back gracefully, you know, you know uh, towards the end of games. Either way, if you must play this Thursday night game, I'm still taking Philly. I'm probably going the under. Houston just I don't trust teams that can't score a lot of points, and Philadelphia has done very well against these style of teams. So, I, I, I if you must bet this game, take Philly in the under. I would, I would much bet the under though than the actual spread.
0: I'm back for fantasy. Yeah, good because it go. take you 30 seconds to do. It will. Damian Pierce for the Texans and nothing else. Philadelphia is really good against the bass, and for Philadelphia, just uh. You know, I I, look, I don't think it's going to be a huge Devonta Smith game. There's a lot of bye weeks this week, which probably should read off if we haven't already. We have not. So a lot of bye weeks. Devonta Smith is not a guy I would target in this one because they're not going to have to really throw a boatload Um, game script wise. But Adrian Brown, go for it. Miles Sanders, go for it. Just your normal Jalen Hurts, your normal run of things. Uh, Actually, probably a really good week to start Miles Sanders given the game script.
2: This is a great week. You just missed, and Houston is one of the worst teams against running backs. They are.
0: Um, The Browns, Cowboys, Broncos, Giants, Steelers, and Niners all on by this week. So, Hurts
2: um, a little, it, it hurts a bit. This
0: no Chubb, no Ooh. Cooper, no DPJ, who would normally be a bi week fill in, no Pollard, no Lamb, no Schultz, no Dak, no Rust. no Sutton, um, no Judy, no Judy, no Daniel Jones, who would normally be a solid quarterback streamer, no Barkley, no Deontay Johnson, no Deontay Johnson, <laughs> no George Pickens, um. No McCaffrey, no Kittle, no Debo, no Iuke, no Garoppolo.
3: It's a bi-week of hell.
0: It yeah, is. This a, is the, uh, yeah. there's a lot of teams on by this week. This is the week where you have a lot of teams. You have a lot of fantasy players on by fantasy relevancy between the Ravens and the Bengals on by next week. And then the following week between the Bucks and the Dolphins.
2: We got a so, question. Go ahead. We have a, we have a, A a, a fab question.
1: Fab, okay.
2: Fab question. Our boy here has Kittle and Bye. He's staring at Evan Ingram. His fab total is 150. He has 113 left. How much should I bid on Evan Ingram? And then we can throw in the question here: Is How much should you ever bid on a tight end?
0: Probably. I'm not going more than 10% Ten percent on Ingram. If I have to plug in for yeah. a week with something else, it's whatever. I'm not going more than ten percent of my fab. I know it's late. You probably can't take it with you, but you know you don't want to put yourself in a bad position later on if you need to go out and try out bid for a handcuff near the playoff season or anything like that. So for a one week fill in, I'm not going more than ten percent.
1: Yeah, and cool. people
3: do that too, and think like at 150 they'll go 15. I always like to do that odd number, go like 17, 19. Yeah, no, it's about that dollar or two more go with an is, odd number,
0: if right? You
2: can, if you can hear, if you can list some of the other tight ends there, just, just in case help you kind of, miss
0: on him, we can give you some backup options or.
2: Yeah, um, we'll go to the next question, then we'll come back there. Earl Johnson, the second What's he up? wants to know what to do. His team is three and five, 10 team league full PPR. Okay. Got Jalen Hurts a quarterback. Okay, he's got Stevenson as his only running back.
3: No, it's like I'm Stevenson sure. and Walker is his running backs.
2: And he's got JT. So he's got Stevenson, JT, Walker, and I'm assuming Khalil Herbert. I'm hoping Khalil Herbert. Um, he's got Adams, Devonta Smith, as we just mentioned, with Amari Cooper. And then he's got Mark Andrews and Pat Firemuth. Uh, most fantasy leagues' deadline is coming up here within the next week or two for most redraft leagues. They generally end around between weeks 10 and weeks 10 through 12 if they're good leagues.
0: Yep, he said it's Khalil Herbert. So you got a really strong running strong back. Strong running back core, core. We need wide receiver depth from what I'm seeing here. You've got. High end tight end and Andrews Firemuth is a fine villain if he misses any time. Um, strong quarterback. Yeah, uh, you know, I think. Sorry, Dan, I don't mean to jump on this. Here, no, 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 you guys are good. Being three and five, you know, when I look at those running backs, you had Taylor hurt, and you know it wasn't an immediate breakout from Stevenson or or Walker. It took some time for them to break out, and then with Herbert coming into his own as well, you know, I. Kind of predict that that's going to continue to build over Montgomery in the next, you know, in the coming weeks for Khalil Herbert. So, um, for me, I'm picking a back and maybe it's Taylor because he's hurt. Maybe it's Stevenson because or Walker because they have a ton of value right now. And I'm trying to move them to get a little stronger at the wide receiver position. He does I have Amari Cooper
2: one. though. I
0: would two for one it. I
2: would, I would definitely move JT. Mm-hmm. Name name cachet alone. I, there's no. I can't move Stevenson or Walker. I, I I just I can't. If I can trade JT plus or a JT for like a Miles Sanders plus, maybe that can get through Deonta Foreman if you can find a good wide receiver to pair in there.
3: Yeah, because JT is just name based right now. Yeah, I think he's the RB thirty three.
2: I tend to not recommend you know, doing two for once, but your team, it, like you need some, some bye week through in. Cause it, a lot of his team hasn't got on bye yet or, or, or is going to be on bye soon. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, you need to start finding points. And I mean, it's... you
0: have Cooper and Adams. So, I mean, you're not, you're not what I'd consider hurting it. A, a wide receiver, the problem is, is that you're probably no one's shaking JT. The rest of the league um, is uh, is a four why. and four.
2: Rest of the league is four and four. Okay, so you basically, have... you're really one game out. I would out. Yeah, pat. you're just one game out. That's only that's the way you do look. That's a great way, Ryan. You, you yeah, you're, you're one, one game, game out. out. Just,
0: you're one game out, and you just had a bunch of running backs come into it, and you hope that JT is actually getting healthy. Just you're good. Stand pat. Um well, I do, mean, you yeah, got
3: Stevenson out next week, though, so I almost see what's on the. Uh... Waiver wire at Is all. It? If there's anything,
0: that's true. Um,
3: kind of look ahead. You know, you want to try to play the waiver wire one week ahead. And when you see one a player like this going on,
2: one person's eight. No,
0: it, pay attention to, yeah, you just got to make the playoffs so they don't carry that with them. Um, yep, you know, carry that. Sorry, waiver wire. You mentioned waiver wire. Um, yep. uh-huh. if you know, Kenyon Drake's a pickup that I like right now not just given the big game but given that you know edwards is hurt again you've got justice hill who's been pretty unreliable and dobbins is missing more time that's a name that you could go grab for a it's couple Deion weeks if you're worried about
2: jackson
0: Deion well, jackson, jackson.
2: handcuff that's Deion Deion
0: jackson the... and just handcuff it yeah it's so a number one waiver you number insulate one taylor one. and you hope he gets healthy for a playoff run and you know just Look, Herbert's going to come continue to come into his own. Stevenson's in the midst of a big breakout, which we just talked about, um, and how that's that's real. You're in good shape. The only upgrade I could see is if you wanted to turn one of the some of that running back depth into another high end wide receiver. If you can, if they're not biting on Taylor Walker's fetching a pretty penny right now. Yeah.
2: All right. Let's go back to Metchie here, Ryan. Or actually, real quick, Ryan, you have any other? A thoughts on no. Earl Johnson's second team. Okay, well, we'll go back to match. He posted the tight ends in his waiver pool again. He's trying to figure out what to do with uh, with replacing Kittle on Bayer. So he said he's got Conklin and Troutman. Now Conklin's interesting because he's Conklin's only he, he's the only player that Zach Wilson seems to actually like.
0: And I picked him up in a couple of places too. Dude had ten targets last week.
2: Yeah, it, it, he is. He is. A slight downgrade to whatever Ingram is. Ingram obviously would be the one you want to get, but not the, as you consistent. Should, but you should definitely not spend too much of that Fab. I, as Hopper mentioned, yes, we're getting closer and closer to the end of the year. You want to save some stuff up because any injury happens. Let's say JT gets hurt, you want to be able to get John Jackson. Well, let's say you know Michael Carter gets banged up and it becomes a James Robinson show. Like you, yeah. like you want to make sure that your your team is set up right and you have enough fab to be able to make those type of moves. So don't go all in too much. I think we mentioned 10%, I think between one of you two.
0: That was me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I I think 10% is
2: fine. That's about 11, 11, $12 of his total budget what's left over. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's what you feel comfortable with it. And knowing what your league's going to do and how they've responded, you know, to some of the late year stuff you want to, If you're desperate enough to get Ingram, you can go up to maybe 20.
3: Yeah, I would do night. Like, I like the rest of your team, like the rest of your league mates, and see what they have tight end wise right now. Yeah. And see see what their
2: salary caps is. If you have a lot of people that are at max, maybe they're not going to bid
1: well.
0: Yeah. And if if no no
3: one needs a tight end, then I wouldn't even really worry about it. I would would go 17 just to know that you got them. Even if someone bids 11.
0: You said salary caps. Do you mean remaining fab or is it a cap yeah. league?
3: Oh, just it's, a fab, like fab. it's a fab league. It's fab. like in fab in general. Like, I don't look at remaining fab. I look at, like, you know, what's the fab like cap at? Like, with this one being 150, I'd say 10% is $15. Either I'm way, I'm assuming not, most people uh, in that league have a lot of fab. You know,
0: yeah, I go by, I usually go off of my remaining fab.
2: Well, she did. He has 113
3: bucks. Yeah. I thought, yeah,
0: I'd go. Yeah, so so
3: I I like to go a little bit more bold with mine, just knowing that I like to overbid just to make sure I do get them, because there's nothing worse than having forty, fifty bucks laying around
2: at the end of the season that you could have used I would, on something else. I would bid twelve dollars. Leave yourself a hundred and one.
1: I'd,
0: <laughs> I'd bid thirteen dollars, which is why I would get him over Dan.
2: And that's and that's fine. Again, Evan Ingram. You know the comparison, like the drop off from Evan Ingram to a Tyler Conklin,
0: most either rates a lot isn't. or it's nothing. Depending, it's on probably
2: the week. a couple. Of, yeah, it's probably a couple targets. Which so is, why? or, or um, what you pro- more comfortable with
0: Ingram. You can probably
2: wait and not spend any fab on Conklin, or bid for, or bid fourteen, and then ninety nine dollars and Ingram ain't one, and bid one dollar on Conklin just to make sure you get them. All right,
0: too many that's numbers. Th- that's, a of, uh, that's a lot
2: of that's a lot of French.
0: Fringe, My dad joke uh, was
2: bad. I know it was. I got it. Didn't sorry. You i sorry. Did. You,
0: you didn't get hey. it. Did hey, D- DFS for this Thursday night
2: game. <laughs> is there any
0: DFS? No. no. Well, there's going to be DFS. It's, it's going to be
2: DFS,
3: but it's a showdown. Yeah. Would you explain in the preview is good enough. It's not, nothing's going to be, I mean, I can't explain anything else. I was even looking at it. Like the DST is still like top dollar for the Eagles. That'd be the only thing I'd look at. Just hoping that Davis Mills t- like collapses somewhere. No, right. who knows how Brandon Cooks is going to play?
2: If he plays, no, he, yeah. he, he probably won't. All right, start these noon games, get this fucking train rolling. Colts at the Patriots, Patriots, five point favorites at home. Five and a half point favorite, excuse me. 39 and a half is your game total. That is the lowest on the week.
0: Your Two favorites. struggling. What's that? Patriots are favored.
2: Yeah. I mean, yes, Sam. They're home and they have Samuel Linger. At least, you know, you have Mac Jones. At least you have your starter and a comparable backup if he sucks. Um I I I again, I'm I'm not betting this game. I just I find nothing desirable of the spreads. I think the spread's a little too high for the Patriots. The trust this team to beat the Colts by six points. It just doesn't it just feels absolutely gross. Um the New England's been good this year against the spread. They're they're four and three on the season. They've covered four out of their five out of their last six. Uh I I just don't trust the offense. The game total's low. This game should be close. Ah, uh, to an extent here, um, disavoid this game for betting. If you must bet this game,
0: take the Colts plus five and a half. All right, fantasy side of this, uh, wait and see if, if JT is healthy. I guess is the first thing. Uh, Deion Jackson in the wings. I don't expect this to be a game where they, you know, are getting blown out and have to utilize Jackson a lot if JT is healthy, but. You know, that's something you're going to be paying attention to going into this. Um, so we kind of got our first look at at Sam Ellinger last week, uh, which is, you know, something that, that bears looking at and I haven't yet. So I should probably do that so I can make sure that I'm giving the best <laughs> advice that I can possibly give as I talk slower so that I can read and figure out where the <laughs> hell this cult came. is. There it is. That was pathetic on my part. <laughs> he tried. Um, he, he tried. Pittman Jr. Still saw his normal complement of targets. He was up there at nine. It was kind of a fall off. Alec, Alec Pierce was, was targeted deep. Something Ellinger is going to do. Uh, look, Patriots defense is is solid. I'm not interested in anything. You can play wide receivers here. You got a lot of teams on by. You're probably going to have to play Pittman and Myers this week. Um, uh, just because of the floor that both of those guys give you, if you're looking for not duds, um, that are you know, either normally in your lineup or on your bench. But there's nothing cute secondary to target here. Um, you can YOLO Alec Pierce if you absolutely need to, but this is not the game to target for, for secondary players, in my opinion. So, I mean, you're really looking at Romandre Stevenson, Jonathan Taylor, Deion Jackson if Taylor's out, and then your two wide receiver ones who just give you a good amount of floor. Alec Pierce is my YOLO play from this game if I have to do it.
3: YOLO. I like a call uh, on uh, Pittman and Myers going, but for DFS, I'm definitely going Myers because Pittman's at 6,800. Myers actually dropped. He went from 5,600 last week to 5,400. And the about a targets he's been getting every game? It's You can't pass up that, that type of volume he's getting. He already has... What is it? we well, had nine targets last game for 12 receptions. Or no, 12 targets, nine receptions. He can't have that way. So he has a very good floor, but not much of a ceiling. But at that cost, that's the one I really, I Out of all this this whole game, that'd be the one I'd play. Is
2: that it? That's it. Bills at the Jets. Bills, 12.5 point favorites. 46.5 is the game total. Again... Don't love the with digital spreads. Too much shit can happen towards the end of the game. I'm still taking Buffalo. I don't I, don't, I just don't trust the Jets at all. Um I'll, I'll take the points and be fine with it. And into that vein, I mean the Bills can probably score the you know enough points to push it over. Um 46 and a half feels like a trap to take the under. And I am just going to avoid it. Bills in the points.
0: Right, it's my turn. Sorry, I was dealing with a cat. Um, so, yeah, this is a game where you might be able to get a little bit cuter. Um, you're going to have to start all your bills this week, so just do that. You're that always starting your bills. That doesn't include Naeem Hines, but everybody else, yeah, do it. I mean, yeah, you don't always have to start Gabe Davis, but this week, yeah, you do. Um, and it's not because of the matchup. It's, yeah, you Gabe Davis is a game script matchup. Don't look shocked. Um, it's not because of the matchup. It's because <laughs> it's because of how many teams you have on by. Um <laughs> the Jets side of things, we've already talked about Tyler Conklin at length. Um The Bills are good. They're they're good against the run. Um they're good against they're good at everything. Is,
2: There's
0: the best team <laughs> in football.
2: Yeah. yeah that's I'm but shocked they lost. I'm just that's I'm shocked they lost the game. The
0: Eagles Super Bowl would not would not surprise me if you told me that was gonna happen. Uh Michael Carter and James Robinson were pretty equally involved. It is a Carter game. Um that is because I expect the Jets are gonna have to pass a lot. So seven targets last week for for Carter. Um I expect they are going to have to utilize the hell out of him. And we did have a big Garrett Wilson game with Tyler Coughlin saying seeing 10 targets so just run last week's results back um against this this bill's defense uh it's going to be a similar type of game script they're going to be playing from behind it's probably going to be worse than it was against the patriots jets pass catchers just because the target volume is going to be there you're going to have some potential upside from from wilson we talked about conklin as the bi-week fill-in and then michael carter is a running back that i want to start in this one from the jets side i think you can target those guys pretty reliably dfs
3: yeah i'm just looking at it. it is gross but like hopper said you start your buffalo you, you start the bills i can't find it like i can't find anything else to really talk I, about on that one
2: i don't hate you You know you do a little josh allen little well, like I'm, I'm i'm just kind of scared though because it's like
3: everyone said you know you, you start your bills but it's just like you can't sit them but the way that sauce Gardner has been playing and DJ reader has been playing on defense. They've been shutting down wide receivers. It just makes me a little bit nervous on it. And
0: Diggs is going to be fine. Gabe Davis is the wild card there. But I mean, with what you have on by this week, every team is impacted by it. I don't know in most scenarios, like you can fade Gabe Davis, but I don't know in most scenarios, given the upside he can have by catching just all it takes is one ball for him. Like, I don't know how you can sit him. Like he, you were probably disappointed by the overall performance last game. He was mere inches away from having big plays on the first two throws.
2: He he is the most. I love Gabe Davis so much, like Santa <laughs> Claus, man. Just a gift that keeps on giving. You just, can't sit down. You also spent the fifth round pick on him. Yeah. You yeah, also, you to start over him? Like you, there's a reason why you drafted Gabe Davis as high. You're going you to you fade him play in. Him.
0: I think you fade him in DFS.
2: I absolutely would fade him in DFS. Yeah, he's sixty nine hundred. I would never uh-huh. play Gabe Davis in DFS because you can't like I I play him in massive tournaments. I would have some I would have some exposure. Obviously, you want to. You should always have exposure to the Bills' offense. Isaiah McKenzie's another to... deal, nine hundred.
0: Isaiah McKenzie's one that I don't want to screw at this week though because I don't think the game scripts going to necessitate a big game no, out of Exactly. McKenzie. The same reason I'm not hot, super high on on Gabe Davis other than he's getting the deep balls early on.
2: Yeah, it, it, it Josh Allen spreads the ball around. It's digs, and then the rest of the ancillary pieces all get about the same, except Davis gets the deep shots. And Knox well, you- will... Maybe Knox will get a thinner to a tight end, but Knox should always be cheap at tight end anyways because he's too inconsistent. I
0: remember a dot or yards per reception, but Gabe Davis leads the league in one of those.
2: He leads the league in yards per reception. He probably leads the league in dot. Well, no, he gets... He does get a lot of underneath stuff. You know, for a guy, like, he's so good at running fast and working double moves, he's actually not great in the intermediate range. Like I think I believe he struggles to create separation on those short to intermediate routes. I he's believe almost, that. you realize a lot on his
0: body positioning too oh, he's so big.
2: Yeah. It's uh some it's team why I gonna, loved him. Some team is gonna hey. buy into him heavily at the end of next year. He's gonna get overpaid. He's big and fast. All right. Ryan is that it for DFS for you bud. Yeah. All right. Dolphins at the Bears. Dolphins only only mm-hmm. 5 point favorites on the road. 45 and a half is the game total. Little respect respect being given to Chicago e- even at home. It's
0: the secondary.
2: It, it it's also the offense showing some competence. But Miami get better. You traded for Miami a pass rusher and been job bad too. Yeah. Um, I'm taking Miami. I think this feels this should feel like a trap, and maybe it is. You look at you know Miami <laughs> has struggled to cover their spread the entire year, um, especially over the last six weeks or f- one in five. Um, I mean, you know, two or two weeks removed from his injury, the offense is dominant. They just got a, a great pass rusher and Bradley Chubb. Bears are 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 moving away from their top end defensive pieces. I, I like the over in this game the most, but if you must bet the spread, you take the Dolphins minus five.
1: Yeah.
0: Bears going full on Ravens with the way that they're running their offense. So you're not <laughs> yeah, getting a really ton hard. of, a ton of passing volume. You got to wait and see on Claypool. He's not going to be fully integrated ingrained in the offense yet. Um, what that means is that, you know, you're playing Darnell Mooney this week. Because um, I do expect the Bears to have to play from behind, should be in the five to seven target range. to a dot on that. The running backs, you can play both of them. They're they're pretty much equally splitting the touches. Montgomery is getting the receiving work, with Herbert being the more efficient of the two. That makes them both flex plus plays. Um, Herbert, I think with his efficiency, is pretty solid RB two. So, um, you know, you're you're good on both sides of that. And for the Dolphins, at this point, there's there's no reason to sit anything. The Bears are giving up the most rush yards to the quarterback. Um, The Dolphins are some of the most efficient pass. He was one of the most efficient passing teams in the league. You cannot sit Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle this week. (laughs) There's yeah ever. Um, you know, Bears just traded their best weapon against the run, and they're bad against the run anyway. And the game script says they're going to have to run we're not going to have to run but they probably will end up running at the end of the game but miami will i know vegas says it's going to be close but i expect that to be a a garbage time close so
2: i mean i i can see chicago keeping them miami's got their moments where the team kind of just
0: i guess they becomes yeah i guess they kept dallas close until justin Fields forgot how to that
2: was so, uh, yeah, he got. He, he forgot that you have to touch the guy down.
0: But, yeah, it's all of Miami, Mooney, in the backs.
2: Love Mostert.
0: I love Mostert this week, yeah. yeah. You're, you're, I, you're I,
2: not going to probably see Jeff Wilson. I don't think Jeff Wilson suits up this week. If he does, it's very limited snaps. The so uh, uh, yeah, uh, way, it's way it's with that I feel about the play pool. Yeah. Yep. All right,
3: BFX. I love Justin. Loving Justin Fields this week. 5,300.
0: Oh yeah, I forgot about Fields. Definitely yes on Fields. Darnell
3: <laughs> Mooney at 4,700 too. So that's another freaking sweet bargain play. And I don't know, how do you guys feel about Chase Claypool at 4,800? Do you think he'll actually make an impact? Uh, he's no. not
0: going to, he's going to have maybe a small package of plays. You think no, he's a small you package? don't gamble with And that. that's
2: if he, yeah, I, I, there's no way, no way. There's
0: no way he's, he's, this is apparently a relatively complex offense from what I understand. There's no way he's got enough of it to have more than a couple of plays this week. That unless the
2: OC, unless the game plan is to structure like a ten plus touch package for Claypool, I, I by process it's bad to play a Claypool in any league.
0: You're gonna be nothing week. super creative, but yes, I agree. By process, it's bad to play him in any league this week.
2: Yeah, yeah,
3: and I love the three running backs of Mostert, Montgomery, and Herbert. Mm-hmm. Sixty-one hundred down to fifty-eight hundred, so it's looking like this week's running backs are looking pretty good at like a.
2: Sixty five hundred dollar cost and lower. it's got to be pretty chalk this week too. Yeah, sixty one oh, hundred. Oh, like yeah. he, like he feels like a super chalk play. Well, and I don't
0: know how you with the as much as the Bears are running between both backs and the running and the quarterback. I mean, this literally reminds me of the Ravens from several years ago. There's no way you can get off of either Montgomery or Herbert.
2: Yeah, when you're playing Mark Ingram and Gus Edwards and a little bit of Dobbins when he was a rookie back in twenty twenty. I mean, it's they, yeah. He was scoring all the touchdowns. He's super efficient. He's he's Herbert. Effectively. Yeah. Herbert's him now, I guess. All right. All right. Let's Next go game. to the let's go to the uh the game of the week. That's not really the game of the week. Packers at the Lions. Packers, three and a half point favorites on the road. Forty nine.
0: I hope the half. Lions beat Green Bay.
2: Forty nine so is the game total. You fucking right, I'm putting money line bets on Detroit to win this game. This is their Super Bowl or at least one of two games last week. Just beat fucking Green Bay who can't who has lost, I believe four games in a row. Yes, four games in a row. Um,
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Detroit hasn't covered a game in four weeks. Green Bay has only covered one game in five weeks. Uh, Don't bet spread. Bet the over in this Detroit worst defensive. What's I think worst scoring defense in football? Green Bay because of the offense is so bad and inefficient. The defense can't seem to generate multiple stops. Take the over. Have fun with this game. Sneaky game stack with Goff. You know you go Goff, St. Brown. If St. Brown's healthy, sorry, I don't mean to step on your your toes, Ryan. But oh, you're good. This a little bit of uh, this game's going to be fun. Oh
3: yeah. Lots of I'll fun. be talking about it. I'll be talking about it. No problem.
0: We got yeah. question two. Okay, go ahead with the question before I jump in. It's a good
2: point. This uh Captain Joking. He's loving the stream. Appreciate awesome. you, bro. Appreciate Thanks. you. He's yeah, posting he's uh he's got a trade option here. Okay. Should I trade DeAndre Hopkins for Nick Chubb? No, this team. Running backs of highlight, Austin Eckler, Derrick Henry, wide receivers of highlight, Devonta Adams, as aforementioned Hopkins, and Kadarius Tony. He's got Taysom Titan tight end. In a vacuum, you should always trade a wide receiver for a running back, especially in redraft, especially Chubb. Yeah. Chubb's RBM, generally, again, running back depth is always very tough to trust Again, it's easy to replace wide receiver. It's a back.
0: vacuum based on roster construction, though. I don't.
2: He's he is six and two. He says PPR. I'm assuming full point PPR. He has lack of depth in both spots. Yeah. Based on what? Well, uh, based on what he posts, his he lack of depth. And league, I, I I hop is just he is the only receiving like. He's got he's got double digit targets in both of the games. The he's only back receiving
0: in. option that they've had, you got Eckler, who's literally,
2: he's got a really right good running. With,
0: yeah, you got a really good running back tandem right there, and a good wide receiver tandem right there. I mean, you could go three heavy on the back, but again, position wise and comparatively,
2: a hmm. little easier to find. Repl- Little easier to find replacement points for the wide receiver position through waivers. Um, he hasn't been hurt. He hasn't felt the hardcore hit of bye weeks yet. Yet,
3: I no. believe true. Um, well, Kirk's done. Eckler and Henry are done. Adams, are they all done? Did they already have theirs? I know. How, I don't know. No, if not
2: uh, not Green Bay has not had theirs yet. I didn't know I the Chargers Cardinal had theirs. Either. No, they have had theirs. Seven, yeah, had had week seven. seven. He's past the bye Chubb, weeks. Chubb's on his right now,
3: and Hopkins, I don't think has has had his yet. No, he has not. So, I mean, right now you're trading for Chubb, and then what's out there waiver wire wise for wide receiver to
2: probably, replace top right now? Probably better than running backs. Well, yeah, I mean, it's going to be third. Tony,
0: like, yeah, the third option there being Tony is what concerns me because I get the upside why people. Love Kadarius, Tony, but it's a mid season trade of a wide receiver who was not hurt allegedly and not being utilized at all on his previous team. So we don't know where Tony's at health wise. I'd assume fine because the trade went through. Um how quickly he's going to be integrated into that Kansas City offense. Um and you know what that role is going to be with the way that Juju's uh, emerged, things like that. So he's, he's got, got Metcalf met- on the bench. Yeah, got so, Metcalf on the bench. Okay.
2: That's uh that does change again. Yeah. Again, I I would do that trade. I would. I,
3: if I'm gonna yeah. I would do job, I'd be yeah, I wouldn't even blink about it now. Metcalf uh, changes
0: that opinion for me because I was gonna say nah, because I I mean it's all about how people build their teams, right? I always be- like to build with balance across the roster. I would rather have good floor with one or with several guys capable of popping off. Versus be super heavy with studs at one position. That's my preference. More than one way to to do this, but if you want to load up on stud running backs, is exactly what you'd have and have some potential at wide receiver week in week out. That's still a perfectly viable way to do that, and that's absolutely what you're gonna have. You're gonna have three RB ones, and that is a winning formula.
1: Yeah,
2: nope. this 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 was pretty like even before Metcalf, I, I I would have always taken this trade. I would always lean. Lean the running back and redraft over receiver, just just because of being able to replace receiver production. Yeah, a lot easier than running back. So it doesn't mean you shouldn't play the waiver. Go pick up Deion Jackson. <laughs> yeah, that's my advice for fucking everything. Go pick up Jackson, and Tony. I I can definitely see some packages for him this week.
0: I it's a lot like Claypool. I think you're going to see some packages for him this week, and then it'll, you know, in two to three weeks, you'll see the full effect of it.
2: Uh good luck, Captain. I appreciate yes, your I, I pre- thank you
0: for the kind words. I yeah, appreciate awesome. the
2: words. Uh, uh keep us updated. Oops. Um I love Hopkins, so I'm rooting for both players. I hopefully uh hopefully the trade works out for you and you can take home that championship. All right. All right, Hopper, go with your with your fantasy side to the game.
1: Green Bay Detroit. Pa-
0: yeah, back to Packers Lions. Um let's go with the Packers side of this first. This is a this is the prime opportunity for a get right game for that offense. Um, and for Rodgers to build some confidence in the you know, young wide receivers, for them to build some chemistry in the young know, wide receivers, and you know to kind of get a good feel for what that should look like. I like Romeo Dobbs this week. Is That's a long way of saying that. He had seven targets last week, a couple of spectacular catches that are good trust-building moves. Um, we'll have to see on the health of, of Alan Lazard and where he's at if he plays. I love his floor most weeks, but um, Romeo Dobbs is is kind of what I want to highlight here, and then you know obviously Aaron Jones. If Game Script does get away, if they do decide to run, Aaron Jones clearly lead over AJ Dillon. Um, the flip side of this on the Lions side, um, the hardest thing to dissect for them is that running back situation and how healthy is DeAndre Swift. And I don't think this week you can afford to sit Swift if you're a Swift manager, um, even at the risk that he might not touch the ball a whole lot. In some situations, you can, and it's definitely worth the fade. But that's a a risk you have to calculate out on your own. Jamal Williams, absolutely. I think Jamal Williams has enough insulated value um, with the risk of Swift where you can run that out. Amon Ross St. Brown is going to have to be utilized heavily in this one. I think um, he plays out of the slot. Um, Jair Alexander will slide in there, but it's not primarily where he runs. So, you know, just keep in mind, Packers have been middle of the road against the past game anyway. So, that's yeah. There you go. Hey, and well.
3: DFS, I love. I love all, like all Packers, all Lions. You got Aaron Rodgers at fifty nine hundred. That's the first time he's actually dropped below six thousand. Jared Goff, 5,500. seems easy play. Aaron Jones, he's pricey at 7,400. I do like A.J. Dillon this week at 5,700 just because I think as the Packers go down toward, more towards the goal line that he might actually get those goal line carries. And like you already said, Hopper, Jamal Williams is like the back to go with for the Lions. And then if I'm stacking Jared Goff, I'm definitely going to hit with Amon Ross Brown at 6,600 who's actually been dropping three weeks in a row. So this is actually one of his lowest costs since the beginning of the season. And like you said, with Romeo Dobbs, solid deal too at 5,300. And I wouldn't even mind sprinkling in a little bit of a uh, Khalif Raymond. Now that, uh, TJ Hawkinson's gone. Cause it seems like when Raymond's or, uh, when Hawkinson's not on the field, Raymond kind of steps up more. He comes in at 4,000. And then of course, Bobby Tunyon at 3,800, which is the expense, most expensive tight end right now on this, uh, what? In this game. In this oh, game, no. he's he's the most expensive one. I think he's eight. I mean he should
2: be. I mean who else for you know who from the Lions? Oh no, he's number
3: he's number ten overall for uh tight ends this week. Yeah, we like after that it just drops down at, like twenty five hundred. It's Bobby Tony, and then a whole bunch of twenty five hundred uh dollar tight ends. So And that's it for that's it for this game.
0: Speaking of Swift, I just drew like right there as I gave that preview. I just drew Michael Carter and right over DeAndre Swift. Ugh. I talked myself into it with my own take on how this is how this weekend's gonna go. So that normally doesn't end well for me, but well, PPR.
2: Swift hurts my feelings.
0: Swift hurts my ankles and knees and shoulders and <laughs> Everything. I mean,
2: because it's because he's also hurting his knees,
0: shoulders, ankles, and, everything, and, and
2: everything. <laughs> All right. Vikings at the commanders. Vikings three and a half win favorites <sighs> on the road. Forty three and a half is the game total. Uh, Minnesota kind of the the opposite of the Giants and how they win their games. It, it just never feels pretty, but. They find a way to get it done when they have given up a lead. Uh, both teams are on a three and zero win streak against the spread here. Uh, Washington has has found some competitiveness since since Wentz was was put on IR, which isn't shocking because a um, Taylor Heineke is uh for some reason he's a fighter, and this is a revenge game, right? He was uh, he was brought in as a Viking, so uh Taylor Heineke revenge game for whatever that's worth. I'm thinking the commanders I'll, I'll take the plus three and a half and it's just, they have a hard time closing out teams and they just can't get over that edge. Um, game total wise, it, it's tough. It is. I, I feel like it should be higher than what it is, but both teams, you know, can, especially Minnesota can, has a problem at times with, uh, with, uh, finishing drives outside of their opening one, which tends to be one of the best. So, Washington plus three and a half at home.
0: All right. Flip side of this, um, Terry McLaurin has been pretty decent as of late for uh, for your Commanders. There, last three of the last four games, really, you've been completely fine with with starting him, and I see no reason to think that's going to be any different against Minnesota. And Antonio Gibson's carving himself out a little bit of a role as a receiving back. So he saw even touches in the rushing game to what Robinson did. Um, was hyper-efficient the week before, but has caught touchdowns in back-to-back weeks. So looking for flex, Antonio Gibson or if he was dropped when Robinson came back, absolutely a play that you can go make in this one from the commander's side. Um, on the Viking side, like you said, there's a, a lot of fight here. Um, Adam Thielen, I'm okay with playing this week. He did get a full practice in on Wednesday, so no concerns about about him missing or anything like that. Um, Hawkinson, again, new team, so take that for for what it is. Good with Cook, obviously Jefferson, uh, and Kirk Cousins. Very quietly, very solid around that QB twelve thirteen range. So he's maintaining. Heineke's fine as a streamer this week, too, by the way, if you need to pick somebody up. I don't have any problems with that either. He's Taylor Heineke seems to win those team games.
2: He's got that uh he's got that Minshu scrappiness. He's just the team loves to play for him. He's the underdog that we all love to root for.
0: Yeah. It's not gonna give you a blow up game, but you know. Multi touchdown games in both starts. Also through a pick. Both starts, so <laughs> which I can
2: totally see happening in this game. Strong Here. pass rush and uh, the secondary's been playing better. Yep, TFS is a Kirk Cousins game
3: this week. Is he can finally gonna throw more than three touch or more than two touchdowns? He has not thrown more than two at all this whole season, but he has thrown at least multiple touchdown games and one, two, three, four now on the season. So, four out of the eight, not bad. He's coming in at sixty two hundred, so he's still he's creeping up in price a little bit. Not bad. Uh Dalvin Cook, he's the expensive running back on this one at seventy eight hundred. Kind of hard to play. Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson, fifty five hundred, fifty 5, four hundred. However, we want to play that. Brian Robinson kind of took a back seat last week. Gibson kind of made his more his plays being more efficient as well running back there. Justin Jefferson once again. One of the top wide receivers at eighty six hundred, so you can build around that. Terry Uh-oh, McLaurin, the case. Terry McLaurin, like Hopper already said, been actually showing pretty well in the two <laughs> games. He's going with... to draw
2: draw Patrick Peterson, who's showing a bit of his old self. it's a bit of a tough wide receiver. Yeah, there's just a not, defensive back matchup.
0: Depending on dots for defense, just yeah, there's yeah. just yeah. not Wise another wide receiver matchup there. That, but that's for. Fantasy, not DFS.
3: Yeah, yeah. So I mean, he could look at low ownership there, but over those past two games with Heineke starting, McLaurin's been averaging five and a half receptions, ninety-three yards. So the, that's good for eighteen point nine five points over that span. So that's not a bad look at that one. Uh Curtis Samuel. I don't know. I he, he's kind of faded more than anything. I don't see him being something that a lot of people could really look at. Like. Yeah, the first game he had eight targets with Heineke, and then then down to four, but he hasn't seen any more than fifty three yards over that span, and no touchdowns Still,
0: he was getting the target volume to do something with the yardage and the touchdowns that he never did.
2: Yeah, it was better days. I think I think he was I think he's better served with Wentz. Heineke is he to he's to throw it down there, you know, throw it to fucking. Well, to That's why Terry's doing good. Yeah, so, to me. I mean, it's been dating back the last couple of years. He's been with this team. That's been their,
3: their
0: He always too. ends up starting somehow. Yeah. <laughs> I
3: mean, Sam <Samuel laughs> hasn't had a touchdown <laughs> since does. week two. And also has a rush since week three. So, actually, never mind. I take that back. He rushed last week and this week, uh, week seven also. So, it's just one I would I kind of want to avoid on that. And then, that should be good for this week.
1: Taylor Heineke,
0: Ben Watson. Is Ben Watson the one that had the the mafia in year one? Oh yeah, Dan we always made the joke. Yeah, taking yeah. out ACLs and stuff, so yeah. get to play.
2: He's like Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's a young Ryan Fitzpatrick. He finds a way to injure the starting quarterback ahead of yeah, him. Play. Including Ryan Fitzpatrick. (laughs) That's former
0: former Battlehawk backup, Taylor Heineke. Oh,
2: man. Oh, oh God. It's even worse. (laughs) All
0: right. He he did not order. He did not injure Jordan Tiami, though.
2: No. We got a question. We got to evaluate my trade question here. Okay. Homebolt 12. He traded away. We got some big names here. So, you know, be prepared. Lamar Jackson, Kenneth Walker, and Tyler Higby. for Devonta Adams and Travis Etienne. His roster is Cook, Diggs, DJ Moore, Devonta Smith, Dylan Rashad White, and Dalton Schultz. So you got you got a QB one, you got an RB one, and you got Higby for. wide receiver one and RB one Lamar Jackson, Kenneth Walker Higby for Adams and Etienne, full point PPR. What side you on?
0: I honestly like the Jackson Walker. Well, hmm. so I I want to say Jackson Walker. Walker, This is single QB. He
2: also, he just picked up Justin Fields for whatever that's worth. Um, just picked up Justin Fields. This this is a single QB league, so again, downgrade in positional value for QBs. Obviously,
1: mm. this has to be the end. low
3: for Devonte Adams too, because of the way he performed last week.
2: So it's a side grade. So it, it's a side move for running back, right? ETN, you know, with with what we've seen from Walker, it's been insane. ETN's got the pass That's catching insane. up sign. Yeah, it's just like. They're both hyper-efficient running backs.
0: Side move for tight end, too, actually tilted towards Schultz the last couple weeks.
2: He So Schultz isn't involved in this deal. Schultz not is involved to in the him. deal.
0: You still have him, but if it's single tight end, that makes Higby throw away.
2: I actually like the, the Adams ETN. It's what a major do. upgrade at receiver without giving up any positional value at running back.
0: Which side was his? Sorry, I might be he missing picked that. The, he picked up Avins Adams. Adams and Etienne. Okay. Yes. Yeah. That's that's the side I like. Is
2: the Adams and Etienne side. Okay. It's gonna be tough to stomach Walker, but Etienne's got. I'm sorry, yeah, he's got higher okay. upside. Etienne's
0: got more upside. Yeah. yeah. He and catches he just...
2: passes. That's really it. That's really is what separates. And with them right
0: the now. way DJ Moore's been trending, that's a hell of a trio wide receiver.
2: <laughs> yeah. If Adams and the Raiders can get themselves right.
0: DJ Moore's got a good season throughout or a good schedule for the rest of season two for wide receiver.
2: Hopefully, Walker can stay healthy.
0: Ryan, what are your thoughts on
2: this before we move on to the next question?
3: I love the Adams ETN side because I'm a huge ETN fan and I love how he is finally coming out of the field. So to do that trade and get get Adams on the low after his bad performance last week, I feel it's a pretty good solid move for him. Yeah. Yeah. All
2: right. Uh, Carlos wants to know. Jamal Williams or Khalil Herbert this week. He did not say he did. He, if you want to preface, if it's uh, PPR or, or not, I Carlos, don't know if it matters. Nice. Neither. I don't know if it matters. Passes, so that's fair. That's that's true. I, I forgot that it's still Monty catching passes in Chicago. I feel like it's Williams. With I feel like it's Williams. Swift news.
0: Yeah, I feel like it's Williams. Also, um, he shows a lot of upside when DeAndre Swift doesn't play and. Swift is hyper hyper limited. I like both, but yeah, between those two, it's it's Williams. It's not by a lot, but
2: it's Williams. It's probably more likely to score a touchdown in this game than their games.
0: Williams, yeah. I mean, that'd be I right. Think Herbert's in. pretty likely to score too. But even with Swift plays Williams is likely to pick up a touchdown. So. Herbert's a big play, right? It was something that
2: it's hard to predict. Williams is always regardless if Swift's hurt or not, right? He's generally the goal he's, Herbert's
0: he's, big plays are six point two yards per six point two yards per I it's, it's, yards per I, I, I average, get it. It's so.
2: hard I, I it's hard to sit it's hard to sit Herbert too. I get it. I do.
0: Williams is a better play.
2: Yep. All right. Moving on. Panthers at Bungles. Bengals seven and a half point favorites. Forty-two and a half is the over/under. The Falcons coming off of uh, back-to-back against the spread wins, while the Bengals streak at five in a row has ended in their disappointing loss to Cleveland. I don't love this Bengals offense without Jamar Chase. He's such an important piece because he just he changes the entire the way that the offenses looked. Higgins is not a separator. Uh, Boyd is a slack guy, and the offensive line is abysmal. Um, the Panthers have a, they have a decent pass rush. It, it, I like Carolina to cover this game, and I love the over. The Panthers have shown since the addition of Walker, outside of his first game as a starter this year, the offense can put up some points. Oh, the Bengals just lost. Got tanked. Bat rule got tanked. The Bengals just lost one of their top defensive backs out for the year with the torn ACL. Um. I can't remember his name because I'm also horrible with names. So I'm not going to try to pronounce it. Seven and a half feels like a lot for a struggling. Uh,
0: panther. TWS, yeah.
2: Yeah. So there we go.
1: Uh,
2: hey, Seven and half feels like- you
0: go. So it Hit like, sorry, it didn't hit me. who You were talking about until you said you were horrible at names and then it immediately clicked at what you would, what Bengals cornerback. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you can say Eli Apple. So
2: <laughs> yeah, it depends. I also don't want to ever say his name. He's, he's garbage. Um, Seven and a half feels like a lot of points for a struggling Bengals offense, and uh, just now two weeks removed from Chase being gone. I don't. I, I'm thinking the Panthers and, and the points here, and I'll bet the over because I think this could be
0: Eli you know, Apple's this, actually hurt. Also, by the way. No, okay, that might be a good thing for the Bengals, but who knows? Just kidding. That's mean. Yeah, it's a good thing for the way things are trending. Is DJ Moore? Oh. Uh, DJ Moore the last five weeks 11 eight seven, 10, and 11 target volume touchdowns in the last two uh obviously blow up game last week against Atlanta uh look everything's pointing towards big DJ Moore big big DJ Moore um the other thing though with you yeah, know them being down uh Panthers actually I believe we're struggling a bit against the pass this year compared to where I thought they were um Harris Marshall Dude, nine targets last he's week, man. For deep cuts, nine no, targets. No. What the fuck? Nine targets for eighty-seven yards, coming out of nowhere. If he's finally starting to to take a step, it's a little bit of a gamble. But if he's finally starting to to take a step with the Bengals being down, both of their top cornerbacks, look, that's a a gamble you might be able to actually afford to make. Uh, and yeah, the Panthers for the Bengals side of this, it's chalk. Um, I mean Chalk without Chase, Higgins, Boyd. Uh, you probably have to play Mixon. We talked about him not being being fantastic. Carolina has not been fantastic in the past. They are bottom ten as far as points given up to the wide receiver position. Um, they are better against the run, but not by a lot. So um they are twelfth in the league in points given up to running back given up to running backs. Um, and they've you know Given up in the teens to somehow Tevin Coleman. What Tevin Coleman? Did he have a good game?
2: He had a, I think in he week had a five, couple, he had like a couple, like he had a two touchdown game. I thought.
0: Yeah, in week five, he had a two touchdown game, uh, but also <laughs> Daryl Henderson and Taylor Algier. So, um, <laughs> you know, this is a situation where Mixon at least gives you some floor. Um, Hayden Hurst, by the way. Uh probably not on waivers anywhere anymore. But he is considered now, you know, as a as a start when we say chalk is one of those, you know, tight end back end tight end ones every week that is actually giving you pretty consistent performance. So it's chalk for the Bengals. Uh you're pretty chalk for the Panthers as well. Chuba Hubbard plays. You're good with both him and Foreman. I think they will split. Hubbard getting the receiving work, but have you know, Foreman being in the hyper-efficient role. Keep an eye on that, but I think you're fine with both of this week because I got to touch on that running back situation there. Um, although nobody is sitting Foreman, Hubbard's the one that you, know, you might be questioning. You're okay with that. Terrace Marshall's the deep cut from this game, though, if you're looking for a desperation wide receiver start that is almost des- definitely on waivers after what he did last week. Bengals being down two top corners in the way that I see this game script potentially going with the Panthers regressing on defense.
3: Right. Actually, like I, I like Hubbard like, this week in DFS. If he plays, he's at 5,300, but I really do like Foreman even more because I feel like what he's done the past two games, he can actually carry that on mm-hmm. and carry it into this game. Even though Cincinnati ranks very highly against the running back, ranks at six against the running back, so it's a tough run for him. But he has that passing game role. I feel like it could benefit him. But then the one... Uh, Play I really like a lot though is the Bengals defense. They're at four thousand. They're a bit pricey. They are considered the fourth defense, the fourth highest priced defense on the what week.
2: Are the Panthers, Ryan.
3: They are twenty three hundred.
2: You yeah, have Burrow takes a lot of sacks. You
3: yeah, decent so pass rush,
2: pass. In Carolina. I you know maybe based not maybe not super high ceiling for the Bengals de- or for the Panthers defense, but maybe by price, right? There might be some value to it. You have a team that takes a lot of sacks, Burrow and Cincy. Yeah, they're the 22nd
3: week defense for the uh for the week. So sorry if it took me so long to try to find that that's no, you're I was good. trying to find out where you're they were at. I'm like Yeah so I'm just like yeah I mean if he's taking what he took five sacks last week. He's been taking multiple sacks every week. Throwing interceptions, so yeah. I mean that the Panthers are actually now that you bring it up, like a good sneaky play.
2: They're like that good, like fill in at the end. They're they're a good cheap defense that I think is going to have low ownership because you are going to see, you know, a lot of yardage given up. I, you know, the Bengals in theory have a high scoring offense. They still have very good receiving core, so I think there is I think there is some some sneaky low ownership to the Panthers' defense for DFS. Yeah, I like that call. Good call on that one. Way to make me look for it. That was nice. I got you. I got you, boo. Anything else before we move on? We're good. All right. Not for me. Uh, A couple noon games left. Chargers at the Falcons. Chargers, three-point favorites on the road. 49 and a half is the game total. Lana is, uh, after starting the season with a six-game cover streak, it's now lost. It's now 0-2 against the spread. Uh, Chargers have been kind of mixed here um, with a high streak, now a low streak. A lot of points scored for a Chargers offense that has been up and down. You know, 23 points last week, 19 points the week before, 30, 34. You don't have Mike Williams. You don't have Keenan Allen. That makes your offense far more one-dimensional, even though Eckler is one of the best pass-catching backs in the NFL. I don't like this game to bet. It. I think it's too. I think it's too close for comfort. The game total is very high, as both offenses are pretty. As the Falcon has shown, it's pretty. It's very efficient. And, you know, with how they score, so I would probably stay away from this game. I would actually lean the under, if
0: I have to make any bets. It's Eckler Everett and. I guess Palmer to get involved for, for the Chargers, and I don't really want to gamble with a, a whole lot else. Um, Are you
2: playing Herbert? Do you feel? I mean, yeah. Six teams on by. Do you really feel comfortable?
0: Yeah, I think you have to. Okay. Now, I like Mariota with the rushing floor, maybe a little more, but I I think that you have to, given how many teams you do have on by. Um, it's been a little. I mean. Five touchdowns over the last, you know,
2: four games, yeah, 300 a, yard, no 300 yards, the three hundred yards, no three hundred yards over his past three.
0: He's certainly been a little down, but yeah, yeah, I, I'm know, just throwing it out there. You look at streamers, Brissette's on by, um, Jones is on by, Pickett's on by, Garoppolo's on by. Um, you know, Mariota's a streamer that I just mentioned liking, liking more than him. Cousins probably isn't available. I don't think you gamble on Zach Wilson against the Bills. Um, Geno's probably not available. Um, Are you taking Tannehill over Herbert? No. Dalton over Herbert against the Ravens? Maybe. Um, You could make that argument. Yeah, Yeah. Eh, Ravens have been pretty bad against the pass, so you could make that argument. Jared Goff against the Packers? Maybe. I mean, there's nothing you feel really good about over Herbert is the point that I'm making. And some of the guys that are probably available out there on waivers and a lot of leagues, especially a lot of home leagues, are not guys that I would play over him. Marriott is probably about one of the few that might be out there that I would, just given the rushing floor and you know how bad the Chargers' defense has been. Um, and that whole team is banged up. Speaking of the Falcons' side of this, Cordero Patterson will be back from injury. going to put some water on Algier with Patterson coming back, but you're absolutely fine with Patterson. Kyle Pitts finally got off the schneid. I think he'll have to stay off the schneid this week, and the Chargers don't do anything that makes me think that, you know, he's not going to be able to have another uh, solid performance. It probably made a lot of people happy. Uh, Demir Bird, touchdowns in back-to-back weeks, outperforming Drake London. He's still been pretty, yeah, <laughs> lately. It's that so, revenge
2: game last week, right? Demir Bird's <laughs> my YOLO
0: start. Um, Oh,
2: my God, of course he is.
0: (laughs) Well, for those that don't know, a little Uh, bit of a Demir Bird uh, uh, bird fanboy since a good preseason a a bit ago. Drake London's been pretty, pretty bad since the first three weeks. No touchdowns, no more than 40 yards. So, I I mean, it's got to be something other than Patterson and Pitts. I mean, I guess it doesn't. But Demir (laughs) Bird, if you need a yellow (laughs) start, he's got big playability, too.
3: DFS, I'm passing on Herbert this week, man. I can't play him at 7,200.
0: No, we're well, not at that price. I, I, I don't that,
2: think he's been playable for a few... I mean, I think he
0: hasn't been uh, playable for four
2: weeks, really. And Mariota, like you said, Hopper, with that rushing upset,
3: I like that a lot because the Chargers ranked 31st against the run. So the way that Mariota has been moving, we could actually possibly even see a 100-yard gain from him because he can just tuck it and run but with Cordell Patterson coming back, he's at 5,800. We could also see him taking back the full workload. And then looking back when he first started week one, he had 22 uh, carries for 120 yards and a touchdown. So if he comes back full swing like that, we're in for a nice treat on that. Yeah. Wide receivers. I like Drake London. Yeah. He hasn't done anything since those first three weeks, but. Look it what Garrett Wilson did last week. Like he was on the same trajectory as like what Drake London is right now, where he was just like, wasn't targeted, wasn't getting anything. And then he had that blow up game. I, I, think think London's, it's, I, think, I, I think London's due to bounce back again.
2: I think it's the low pass volume, which is what makes it weird. I mean, Zach Wilson threw the ball 41 times last week that really helped Garrett Wilson. He's the only receiver he looks at. London is just a product of low volume, um, which I don't, I don't really see changing. I mean, I, such, I mean, based on what the game total suggests, it should change, right? You know, fifty yeah. points is a lot of points. And and, and i mind throwing, always throwing me probably. every time I
3: see like because every time I think of like the Falcons playing, I always think of like the Cincinnati game. They're getting blown out, and the they were still just running the ball. Yeah. So it's like, but still, I think one of what them is come his back cost, about...
2: right? What is Drake London's cost, right? If you might be asking.
3: Forty nine hundred. is actually the cheapest he's been all year.
2: Yeah, I mean it, it's. Could <sighs> be. You don't really have to, right? It's a wait and see, but I think he's he's no one's gonna play him. This is. like it's you know this for a higher game total. Cheapest. Yeah, for a higher game total, I I don't see a lot of people playing this this matchup in, in big tournament pools.
3: I mean, people see Gerald Everett being all green twenty 29th against tight end positions as. Atlanta sucks against tight end, so you can always start him at 4,800. I still like Kyle Pitts. In just he
1: just scored, just, scored again
3: like,
2: last week. He yeah, did. he doubled his touchdowns. Yes, let's go, Pitts. Just yeah. such a
0: shot in the dark on Drake London this week. I mean, you're playing the matchup, not anything from his performances the last, you know, several weeks. And you just mentioned that Carolina was bottom 10 against the pass. Ten targets
2: his last three games. It's a low volume. I, I mean it it's it's, it's the Bears. It's a low offense. volume offense. Yeah, very low volume. I don't hate the call, just if you're looking for a low a very low, very low ownership dart throw for your you know for your tournament plays and for your maybe for your run backs. But it just feels like it's 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 an upside play that should have low ownership if it if it hits. Yeah. It's just he needs that touchdown, right? He just he's just got he just needs that touchdown.
3: Oh yeah, he needs something good long catch and run even too.
2: <laughs> all right, but Oops, sorry, is that all heard? No, I, I was just to say next game, next game, last noon game Raiders at the Jaguars Raiders, one and a half point favorites on the road. 47 and a half is the game total. You have two teams that struggle to close team outs, two teams that have been vastly inconsistent with their, uh, with their game by game play. Jacksonville's pretty much become Minnesota and that they can't win one-score games. So Ryan is completely frozen, too, by the way. It's pretty funny. <laughs> I'm just looking at it's still fault. I don't know if it's computer crashed or not, but it looks it looks cute. Um Jaguars haven't covered a game in five straight games or 1-5 against the spread. Raiders are are they on this 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 trend? They cover three, they don't cover three. Um, right now they're in the middle of not covering. So <laughs> For whatever that's worth, you can take this as a trend. I, I will take the Raiders. I just don't trust Jacksonville. Yeah. Can you guys uh, even hear me? Yeah, no. I we can hear you,
0: your camera's just okay. frozen.
2: Your screen's froze. That's why it's funny. <laughs> I, I'm looking at it too. I'm like, oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, one thing I will bet is the game total. I will bet the over here. I really like the 47 and a half. Both, both offices have shown the ability to. Uh, to put up some points here, and both defenses aren't very good right now. So bet the over, stay away from the spread. You can talk, Top. You, dude, <laughs> your, face, your ability to talk isn't frozen. Awesome. You no, know, that would be hysterical <laughs> if you can still keep that face and still talk. I'm bro.
0: not, yeah, I don't do venture uh, yeah. well. <laughs> oh, it's not one of my talents. <laughs> Raiders, Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs, nothing else has been worth a damn in that offense for weeks now. Um, this is not the week to go to bet on Hunter Renfro. Darren Waller's not been healthy. So.
1: Yeah. He's
2: outperforming Hunter Renfro.
0: Uh, so, a low bar this year.
2: I'm just, I'm I'm just saying.
0: He didn't yeah. have, he didn't have eight targets last week and touch on the week before it's Jacksonville. I don't know how much. He's has got
2: back-to-back double dish. He's got more double-digit points. I'll make
0: him the Yolo play on this game.
2: <laughs> he's tot- like he, he's like bargain bin, Gabe Davis. Yeah, he's the Yolo <laughs>
0: play in this game. He's bargain bin, Terrace Marshall.
2: I don't know if he's bargain. Bin. He might be. He might be equal value. Terrace Actually, Marshall. just the
0: Spider-Man man. <laughs> um, Jaguars side of this, it's all Etn and Christian Kirk and Evan Ingram, We mentioned how consistent he's been is. Somebody available on waivers that you can pick up, plug in, play. So you get you get on that Evan Ingram front for a tight end stream. Matt Collins is going to be the Yolo play. Other than that, you go and shot. Christian Kirk, I know, has been a little up and down. This starts a stretch of really easy matchups for Kirk. So
2: Houston Astros just no hit the Phillies. Too. Sorry, the
0: to... wait, they just no hit the Phillies.
2: the The f- <laughs> first ever combined no hitter in the World Series. In the World Series. And no hit to Phillies. Wow. Sorry. It's a, it, it's a bit of history. Again, you know, fuck the Astros, but still.
3: That's probably where it froze me. Well, McCullers has got
2: <laughs> <laughs> Ryan is so shocked that there's a no hitter in the actually. World just look,
0: it's solar flares. That's how it happened. That's also why it's frozen. There's solar flares over Ohio or Michigan or wherever you're at. Michigan? I love
2: his still face. It's so perfect. It's 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 glorious. It's, I'm like focused. I can't tell. Ryan's actually not uh, frozen. He just has a great, he just has a really good ventriloquist voice. I mean, been practicing. I mean, you know, it pays off. I bet you practice. Yeah, watch out. um, Watch out,
0: DFS takes.
3: (laughs) (laughs) DFS takes. Oh, God. It's gross this week. Do we go Trevor Lawrence at all? Good matchup. Highest matchup. Yeah. I, the, I I go both quarterbacks because I think it's just going to be slinging it back and forth. So you besides, got Derek Carr at 5,400.
0: Carr, yeah, Carr's been so bad. But it's a good matchup for both of them, I agree. Now he's, now he's, now he's all the way gone.
2: Well, all right. So I'll uh, I'll wrap this up real quick. I guess we both can do it. It's the highest game total uh, combined for the week. So
0: <laughs> I have no idea what pricing is on anybody. My phone's almost dead, so I'm not going to waste it. on I don't that. have pricing. We're just going to move on. We're just going to move on. Keep
2: three o'clock games. Uh, Keep her moving here. Keep her moving. Uh, Seattle at the Cardinals. Cardinals, two point favorites at at home. 49 and a half is the game total. Look, Seattle has been all the rage this year, right? Surprising team, you know, to come out late. The Cardinals have started to find their offense since Hopkins return.
0: That's all it took. I told you it wasn't Cliff. It was no wide receivers. It's still Cliff. It's not Cliff. It's still Cliff.
2: Uh, it's, Seattle is three in all this past three weeks against the spread. Uh, uh, Cardinals have been relatively okay this year, uh, but they're on this kind of back and forth streak here. Uh, I think Seattle continues to surprise and they take home this game. I don't know if they'll win, but I think they'll cover the plus two and the over. Both offices have shown the ability to be very, very productive. High scoring. Um, Geno Smith has had some Very, very pretty deep balls. I, I, I do believe Metcalf's going to play. Lockett isn't hurt, so this should be a a fun game to see go over. You don't even have to bet the spread. Just watch, just watch the points come rolling in. Yeah,
0: quietly good performers. Rondale Moore, ever since coming back from injury, Uh, he's had one, two target game. Everything else has been five targets or more. Ninety-two on a Tutter last week. Um. In a very good matchup against, well, a shootout kind of, sort of against Minnesota, but yeah, the good news is the defense, you know, defense overall doesn't really shift that much as far as quality goes. So, you know, I, I like Rondell Moore as a, a little bit of a plug and play this week if you're dealing with buys or you're dealing with a crunch and you need somebody to to plug in to plug and play there. That's a guy for it. Um, Hopkins Murray, obviously that much is chalk. Zach Ertz is. Completely fine. It was a plug and play replacement tight end. Um, there's always a little bit of a perceived upside there with him. So, really, the one question mark you have here is the running backs. Is James Connor going to be healthy? Um, I haven't looked to see if he's practicing this week or not. I'll do that right now. Um, you know, Benjamin's been the plug and play guy while Connor's been out. You know, I don't think that that's necessarily going to change, but he's getting in limited sessions. So, you have to check in Sunday to. Figure out what that running back situation is going to be for the Seahawks. You can go ahead and play both wide receivers, Gino Smith and and Kenneth Walker. Um, I don't think I can simplify that much more. Arizona's, play Kenneth uh, Walker, yeah. Play Kenneth Walker. Um, now we talked about the Cardinals being really bad against tight ends two years in a row. The problem that you have here. Is it will Disley and no Fant cut into each other's value so much that you can't really target one of them
2: by their powers combined? They'll be by their powers
0: combined, they'll probably be a tight end one. But the problem is, is that you have to combine their powers. One of them is
2: scoring a touchdown, one of them will score a touchdown. Good luck figuring out, and good luck figuring out which one's gonna have more targets.
0: Uh, from betting on touchdowns, I'm betting on Disley. There you go. So there you go. Um, That's about it. It's an easy defensive matchup for a Seahawks team. So you can pretty much roll with them and roll with most of your Cardinals. I should let Ryan back in now. <laughs> pre- I, I don't know how long he's been sitting in the waiting room. Oh, there. Jesus. Again, three monitor setup. I'm looking at the middle one as I read off these stats and stuff. Zoom's always up on the right one. So I did not see him sitting there. All,
1: I'm all right, I'm back. Welcome oh, hey. back.
0: Hey, DFS on Cardinals and Seahawks.
3: Oh, how many games are ahead of now?
2: We didn't go. I, we actually I, moved to
3: the
0: next week. So
3: yeah, you, I, have no, I have no idea how long I was talking to myself for. Because <laughs> I just looked down and I saw both you guys were froze. So I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you just completely lost it. Yeah, that was yeah. great. So uh, what, Seattle, Arizona, you said?
0: Seattle, yeah. Arizona. And Jags, Raiders, if you want to double back on that for anything.
3: Nah, we'll just, We'll just keep going ahead. I don't want it upward. We don't want to drag with time on. Uh <coughs> Gito Smith. I still like him at 5,800. He's blown our, you know, blown our minds at the way he's been playing. Back to back, to, you know, he still has a multi touchdown games. He's still producing good. I like him at that price. Uh Ken Walker's starting to get up there. But it's against Arizona. Their defense is at meh. But he's at sixty two hundred. I like DK Metcalf still, I, but I, to me, I I lean more towards the Tyler Lockett for I rather really spend $300 less to go with that one. But my favorite play this week is actually Noah Fant because it's the Arizona Cardinals. You start the tight end. Last time Noah Fant played him, he had seven targets, six receptions, 45 yards. He's still looking for his second touchdown of the season, but I think he has the opportunity to get it here. And then I also like Seattle's defense at 2,500. Because last time they played, they have... trying to pull it up here. Hang on one second. I want to say, was it five or six sacks? They had six sacks interception and a fumble recovery. So now the Seahawks have a total of 22 sacks, five interceptions, and nine fumble recoveries on the season. (laughs) So that's a heck of a value play I like to play this week at 2,500 bucks. And that's pretty much, yeah, on the Arizona side, it's Hopkins, right? 7,900.
2: A lot of volume. Right? You're hoping. You're hoping. And all right. Three games left. I mean, peace the fuck out. Rams at the Bucks. Bucks three-point favorites at home, 42-and-a-half. have two very, very much struggling teams. Tampa Bay hasn't covered a game in six games straight. Rams have only covered twice this whole year. Um, This is a just, you know, fuck it, and hopefully we get 2021 uh, versions yeah. of these teams. Not what we've seen this year.
0: Who thought this matchup would be ugly when you saw it on the, the
2: schedule? The NFL circling this going, you have Stafford versus Brady week nine. So much at stake mid season. Both teams should be, the number one teams in the NFC as everyone predicted and neither team is leading their division right
0: now. Nope. It was really oh, giant Seahawks last week. Last week. <laughs> oh my God. It's
2: just, um, I just wouldn't bet this. I can't trust either team. Uh, you can, you can bet the over if you're praying, if you're trying to wish cast, uh, scoring into this just 42 and a half. I bet you anything. The schedule makers are looking at this going, we're getting 50 plus easily. And the game total is
0: 42 and a half. 42 and a half. That's not, not, that's not a, good. Not good. Not good. Nope. Not not good at all. Uh, What is good is at least Tampa Bay gets the Rams secondary, which has not been great here recently either. Um, <laughs> Other than that, atrocious game against Carolina and Dallas with, I think, Cooper Rush still playing. Um, they've given up a twenty-point receiver in PPR every game. Ayuk, um, Samuel, Hollywood Brown, Drake London, Stephon Diggs. It's happening on the outside of that. So I mean, yeah, that's good news if you're Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Let's let's put it that way. Uh, the Rams, also per tradition, not great against the run, not great against receiving backs. So yeah okay against the run, I guess. Not exceptional, though, and especially not exceptional here lately. Giving up very good games to Pollard McCaffrey. Actually, McCaffrey played them back-to-back. Their last two games, they got shredded by Christian McCaffrey. Played (laughs) (laughs) played him with Carolina and then immediately came back and played him with San Francisco. That's great. Not something I noticed. Leonard Fournette's been not good recently. I don't have a better way to put that. I don't know how you sit him because the receiving floor is there and the touchdown, I don't want to say upside, but the you know ability for touchdowns is there and he's been saving his weeks, but he has not seen double-digit rushes an offensive problem in two weeks. He's not been over 25 yards rushing in two weeks. Um, and he's only seen three targets each of those two weeks as well. So he's just getting scripted out when this team goes down moving towards Rashad
2: white, even though Burnett's getting all the same. Uh, so yeah, not really. They're just going away from the backs entirely, which is weird. Cause it's been Brady's forte for so long is that he's so smart about uh,
0: well, and you, you have to check down if this is a left, which versus Arians thing, but they are going away from the backs in- entirely. I mean, it was only four rushes and three targets for Rashad white too. So Six targets to the backs in total in a game that you're down and you only rush the ball 10 times because the offensive line's trash. So, you know, doesn't bode well, you go for Fournette because he's getting the goal line work. It's about the best that you can hope for from that yeah. running back situation. And then both it, wide receivers and...
2: It, and the amount of backs we're we're, were losing were the bye week too.
0: You have to. Yeah, yeah. Big time. But, I mean, it, it's... You really need Fournette to turn this around or Rashad White to get more involved in the passing game. You need something for the Bucs backfield to matter. And it's really the same thing for the Rams. They don't have anybody in the backfield you can trust either. You know, Ronnie Rivers got sent back to the practice squad. There's rumors that Cam Akers might come back next week. Daryl Henderson, they just haven't involved him. Neither team is utilizing the run. It's like a mirror of two teams. They both don't have a a line that you can trust either. So outside of the wide receivers, which, you know, by the way, can't put good against the pass. So you can't really rely on Allen Robinson. This is actually a game that you looked at early in the season and said, I want to start everybody here. And now it's nah. I want to start the three stud wide receivers in Godwin Evans and Cup, And I don't want to touch anything else. Which is funny because it leads to our question yeah and, and there we go
2: halfway ppr choose one flex a- Allen robinson brandon cooks or rashad white
0: cooks or probably
2: or a waiver wire sleeper
0: <laughs> yeah or option dion jackson
2: <laughs> or go pick up
0: Terrace Mar- marshall Terrence out there marshall. on waivers rondale moore i mean yeah, brandon cooks probably isn't playing rashad white got three targets it's Allen robinson out of that grouping I'd almost bet you can find something better than any of those three. I hope.
2: Donovan Peoples Jones, no, he's on bye. Damn it,
0: DPJ is on bye, But we've mentioned a few. Uh, Alec Pierce, I called as a sleeper. Um, not that he's gonna blow up, but could give you some some pretty decent floor. Um, I'd mentioned Terrace Marshall earlier. You can it, put is... Paris
2: Campbell in that same vein too. Somebody, yeah, per- yeah.
0: Rondell Moore, it was Moore, yep. a mention that definitely happened there. Um, you yeah. know, you, they're there are different routes. Josh Palmer, if he hasn't been snapped up yet, uh, Demir Bird, I mean, is getting is right now the leading Falcons wide receiver over the last several weeks. I mean, those are all guys that I like more than, than Boy. Robinson again. Allen Robinson, I Robinson this week.
2: Allen Robinson has reached a point of Demir Bird? <laughs> yeah, okay, fuck it. We're going to go Demir Bird. Hopper's
3: this- oh, oh, really going yellow this week. Hopper
0: oh, ain't going low. I mean, the Bucks are not allowing much anything. That's or- why they're in games. I guess you, know, you had some floor with DuVernay and DJ Moore, but they're not giving up a ton and you know they're not giving up anything to to secondary wide receivers i mean those every up and down this list it's all, okay the lead guys that are getting targeted got points that's cooper cup not alan robinson
2: well ryan you mentioned like in robinson
0: yeah is it because of dfs convincing us
2: oh yeah it's a dfs
3: and for sure it's cost but it's also cooper cup status he's you know, healthy
0: he a- and practicing in full
2: he
3: didn't practice in full,
2: so so Lucas, he, was, he, he wasn't even there. We're gonna come back to this question. Oh, he yeah, went through she... the walk,
0: he went through the walkthrough, is what it was. Yeah, but nobody's they've said since last week they expect him to play, they're not expecting him to miss time. If he misses if time, then sure, but himself. you got to preface that.
3: Yeah, but even if he's like limited or even like can't show much. I think Robinson did a hell of a play this week at 5,000 compared to Cup
0: at- Ben Skorodic. No, we're not fucking Nobody going with you. this again.
2: You shut your fucking mouth. If Cup misses,
0: it's Ben Skoranek
2: If Kelton misses, you've burned that team to the ground. Because why? Ben Skaronic comes at three
0: thousand
3: three hundred dollars.
2: No, 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 <laughs> no.
3: God. All right, moving on to the next game. No, yeah, this game's all good But if I did start anyone, I would start the Buccaneers' defense out of this. Yeah, because that of I, the I'm, modest... that I'm good with. The amount of sacks that Matt Savage has been taking. He's actually taking 24 sacks this year.
2: And picks. The dude is a fucking mm. turnover machine right now.
3: Yeah. He has, what I see?
2: Eight These two eight? teams
0: are the Spider-Man. Yeah. Team.
2: It's so has- funny
0: because the <laughs> offensive lines lost a bunch either through retirement or retirement or, or injury, and both teams fell apart when the offensive lines went away.
2: It's almost like old, brittle quarterbacks need an old line to
0: It's almost to like matter. It's
1: the second time I said that. Yeah, that's weird. It's weird. And
3: Stafford's also lost three fumbles, too, so he has 11 total turnovers already.
2: <laughs> Double it. Perfect. that's us he's, roll. He, he's averaging over a turnover a game. All right. Two games left. Sunday Night Football. Tennessee at the Chiefs. Chiefs, 12.5 point favorites at home. 46.5 is the game total. I had the Titans to cover. They've covered five straight games. Chiefs are kind of back and forth, a little wish-washy. They've only won two games, been more than 10 points this year. Uh, Titans have played teams strong. They haven't played good teams. Houston, uh, Colts twice in Washington. But they've kept games close. We know Derrick Henry's on a roll. It's the best way to keep a great offense um, you know, in check is to keep them off the field by controlling the clock. I like I like tendency to cover twelve and a half. Um Chiefs can score in bunches, so I I don't trust the game total too much, but uh I'll I'll definitely take the Titans at plus twelve and a half.
0: Yeah, outside of Derrick Henry, there's nothing you can trust on the Titans. I mean <laughs> they're not they don't throw the football. They just it's not a thing they do. They have to in this game, I'm pretty convinced, but it's not a thing that they do. So I I I'm kind of at a loss when it it comes to them. Let me see if I can find you a deep cut out of this game because they gotta throw to somebody, right? In this one in particular. Like they got to pass.
2: Bobby Trees.
0: Bobby Trees, thirty four targets, two hundred and fifty six yards on the season.
2: I uh, quickly. Would you guys drop Brian Robinson and add Khalil Herbert?
0: Oh, was, was it Brian Robinson?
2: No, I'm saying for a question in chat, just oh, real quick. Yes. Okay, perfect. Brian, I'm, I'm assuming you agree. Yeah. So. All right, back to your research.
0: Yeah, Robert, it, it is Robert Woods because he's the only one on this team that's had a game of more than five targets, I'm pretty sure. So, has Burks even been playing? Like, Burks has I've, been. Burks is hurt.
2: Yeah, okay, he's, hey, he's on IR. I thought he IR. was hurt. It's it's Woods. This it's it's, it's Derrick Henry. It's chill Hilliard. If they get behind,
0: and you Yolo play Woods, and they're and, gonna get and behind, you
2: Yolo play Woods. I mean,
0: they're gonna get behind. Based off, it'll be, yeah, it'll be Jason with
2: the touchdown. Based off game, yeah, right. He'll he'll seal Derrick Henry's rushing touchdowns.
0: <laughs> Speaking of things you can't trust, Chiefs backfield is a thing you can't trust. <laughs>
2: play probably Pacheco. It's it just based off of them, based off of game spread. And then probably have an elite, a decent lead in the second half. That's the only way. That's the only way Pacheco gets work. I feel like it's when they're playing.
0: With the has lead. anybody in that backfield had more than ten carries in a game in the last three weeks? I don't think that they have. Pacheco's I feel like Pacheco, had Pacheco or did. No, Pacheco has not. He's oh, high water mark's been eight. I'm talking week four is not the last three weeks.
3: No, I know. That's, I was just talking <laughs> myself on that one.
0: 9, 9, and 6 for Edwards-Alaire over the last three weeks. 8, 2, and 2 for Jarek McKinnon. Oof. 1, 2, and 8 for Pacheco from a rushing perspective. They'll get if
2: involved you, in the passing game still, If you it's want, it's going to be gross.
0: If you want targets, uh, Pacheco has two targets on the season. Jarek McKinnon has been averaging 3 a game over the last three weeks. And Clyde Edwards-Alaire... Has five over the last three weeks. <laughs> it's gross. Don't it's touch really the bad. running backs. Do not touch the running backs here. Juju Smith-Schuster, Travis Kelsey, Pat Mahomes. You're good. You're in the Chiefs chalk. You avoid the Titans if you can. If outside of Henry, if not Robert Woods, if you're that desperate, nothing to get cute with here. Not good for fantasy.
3: Totally agree with you on that one.
0: Like I, even, it might be an Edwards alaire game, just because the Chiefs end up up uh, and running out the clock.
3: It's a home game too, so you know they're going to light it up.
0: Or maybe it's a Pacheco game. That's exactly why you stay away from both of them. It's not a McKinnon uh, game. I'll tell you that.
3: No, nah. I think it's a Marquez Valdez Scantling game.
2: It's a nothing game for the Rams. It's a Marcus
3: Valdez Scantling game. It's going to be a three touchdown game. Valdes- it's a juju game. I, I no, called
0: Valdez did... Scantling once this year and I am not doing it again.
2: <laughs> it did not go over well.
0: It was the oh, one yeah. week he put up a goose egg.
2: I feel like this is going to be his
3: week. This is, this is my gut feeling.
0: He had three for 111 against San Francisco. But San Francisco was a 44 23 win. I don't know that.
2: Yeah. Mm. it was Valdez Scantling, they look great. They you know look what? Great Valdez
0: Scantling in. can be my yellow play on this one just because he has big yeah. players play targeting him down downstra- downfield. I'm absolutely not advocating for that. Don't but...
3: advocate for it. <laughs> but I got Hopper back on my side. Dan was here to admit
1: it.
2: Uh, I'm here.
3: But on sure. your
0: side. There's just a lot of teams on by and oh yeah. People are gonna need people that you can get. Valdez Scantling, sure. I don't think that this is gonna be a game script where they have to throw a lot. I don't know that he's going to do it I, I like it a lot less than some other options but sure he had 111 yards on four targets last week
3: and another good defense to play too is the uh the chiefs on this one just because they'll be able to contain
0: the Titans' uh, game in general the lightning offensive attack of the tennessee titans
3: yeah they like to stop derrick henry that's it
0: Very yeah good. that's all you got to do is to st- it's, all you got to do is stop Derrick Henry is exactly like standing <laughs> at a tunnel shot and saying all you got to do is throw the disc straight. <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right, we got a question before you move on to the last game. I- I'm assuming we're done with that. That one
0: was that one was for you, Dan.
2: I, I and I appreciate it. He wants to know. Travis Unlimited wants to know. Hello. He wants to know. Gabe Davis or Scary Terry? Terry flex this week it's Terry. It's scary. Yeah, Terry, For sure. Terry, I don't, I, don't, f- I don't love his defensive back matchup, but I. It, it's a better, it, it's a better game. It's script. a better
0: game script. Yeah. For him, the
2: problem uh, Davis with may Davis, not be Navis.
0: It's exactly what you saw last week. He got two early targets and, you know, really didn't give you a lot of anything the rest of the game. I think he ended with like 33 yards um, and it's just because they didn't, Need him, they didn't need they had no reason to continue to target him downfield. And I think that that's a lot of what this game's going to look like.
2: Yeah, it's either going to be blow up in the first half or, or you're staring at a wide receiver six. Otherwise, <laughs> That's the way that it goes. <laughs> that's, that's the problem game. with the Bills is they're going to leave, they don't
0: need him. And if it doesn't happen in the first half, it doesn't happen. Val, uh, sorry, not scary Terry has a, a much better game script for him, it's a process. Now, there is always the fear that Gabe Davis pops off because he catches two big balls for touchdowns, but process is dairy. Yeah. Trust the process.
2: You ready? Final
0: game? Let's do this. Ravens?
2: Ravens at the Saints. Ravens, two and a half point favorites on the road. 48 and a half. It's the game total. Both teams struggle against the spread this year. Both of them are really struggling. To put teams away, uh, multiple double-digit point give-ups, and a few of those have led to their losses. Um, Saints offense, Ollie productive, 24, 34, 26, 39. has been their point total the past four weeks. Well, the Baltimore's offense is going in the wrong direction with Bateman hurt, Andrews is banged up, Dobbins won't be back. Um, yes, you've gotten some stuff from likely, uh, DuVernay's playing out of position, so he hasn't been able to do much. The Robinson had oddly enough had like six, seven targets. Um, it, it's a very, it's a tough game to get excited for in terms of, uh, of what Baltimore can provide from an offensive perspective, which is why I like the say at home at plus two and a half game. Total is a little high, but, uh, we know both teams can, can has the ability to put up, a fair amount of points. Also take the under as Baltimore has, uh, has yet to eclipse 30 points since, uh, since their game against new England And, and, and the offense has struggled with consistency. So
0: yeah. Um, this would be a good matchup for saints pass catchers. If any of them were healthy. Problem is, oh, problem. Well, with, yeah, this is. Alave. With, yeah, Alave is is good. I was more referring to Thomas and, and Landry. Alave is yeah, a, yeah, yeah. a must start at this point, especially in this matchup. But you know, Thomas and Landry, you still don't know, and you've been without him for so long, you can't make that gamble on Monday night with as thin as is, is everything is this week. Um, Camara is gonna have to catch passes. You're 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 fine there. That goes without saying. You know, I do like. Baltimore's secondary and their past defense has not been great. Um, Andy Dalton's fine to stream this week. The Ravens side of this, um, Bateman's kind of the same boat, right? Where dealing with injury, not been a lot on the recovery timeline with him. Don't really know when or... Or if he'll be back. Let's see. Harbaugh gave an injury update.
3: Yeah, he's already out for this game.
0: Is
1: he?
3: Yeah. Came out Halloween. They're saying he's already
0: out. So, Devin DuVernay does see Bateman's target volume when Bateman does not play. That is important to know on a week when a lot of people are on by. Um, DuVernay has been passable wouldn't give him the opportunities. It's not, he's been fantastic. Get a rushing touchdown last week. Um, but you know, there are some, some ways that they'll get him involved, but you're watching Mark Andrews closely. Um, if you're lucky enough, go get Isaiah likely to, to, uh, insulate that, I guess. Um, pretty ugly. Kenyon Drake is also a waiver wire pickup that you should be paying attention to this week. Cause he will be the lead back. Ravens are banged up. If Andrews doesn't go, you're already without Bateman. They're going to have to run this offense through Kenyon Drake and Lamar Jackson. And they're going to have to get real creative. We know that they can do it. That makes Kenyon Drake somebody that I'm picking up and that I want to start if I have him on my rosters this week. Because he will for sure be the running back. That's... That's the wrap on this game. It's one that could have, has a lot of potential for fantasy, but both teams are banged up.
3: Yeah. You got Lamar Jackson, Andy Dalton. I like both those guys. You're starting Kamara. You're starting whatever running back is. So it's it's looking like Drake, right? As you already said, it's, it's
0: yeah. I I don't know who else it would be. Dobbins is on IR and Edwards is hurt.
3: Yeah. So they consider him day to day. So that's more like what week to week. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. It's it's also a hamstring, so
0: yeah, oh, it's, a, it's a hammy. He ain't coming back this
3: week, so that's month to month. Like you said, Chris Olave is a must. Star. He's at sixty four hundred, so that's not a bad price either. Actually, like uh, that Devin good, Duvernay matchup. Devin Duvernay at forty nine hundred. That's also good. Uh, cost. And
0: what's likely tag right now?
3: Yeah, Isaiah likely is at forty. Is that thirty four hundred?
2: It's showdown slate too, so you know you, you'll put those guys in the captain slot. It butts them up a salary and a half, but yeah, I, 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 I love the Olave call. I think that's a sneaky good one for uh, you know, for the captain selection. It's just sixty seven hundred,
0: likely if Andrews doesn't play too. Yeah, all
2: right, we got too. we got some questions. I'm assuming we should be all wrapped up with this game.
0: Yeah, yeah. Let's end we the got, show on some questions.
2: We got a tough one here. Um, i Miller wants to know should you trade Amon Ra for Mixon? I
1: again, would not. Again, no. we're
2: yeah, we're in the wide receiver for running back. Uh Mixon's struggles have been due to his efficiency just dropped and a and a Bengals offense is struggling to uh uh t- you know to really protect both the pass and the run game. Amon Ra's been battling with injuries that has kept him on and off the field. Marine, if you want to go ahead and post your roster, we'll get to your second question here and then we'll then we'll double back to this. I, I, I do want to know what his roster looks like.
0: So can you repeat the first question? Was it
2: it's Aman Roth St. Braun for Mix. He's asking if you oh, should trade Amand no, for Mixon.
0: No, I would not. Mixon's been bad. We mentioned earlier in this way two hours ago.
1: <laughs> and,
0: uh, <laughs> that's what we do here, boys. That's what we do. That he was, uh, I think, 51st in yards after contact, and that the Bengals O line is just, they're not good. Burrow has the least amount of time to throw. That's not run blocking, but yards before contact, Mixon was pretty well down there as well. Um, Super inefficient as far as, you know, yards per carry, expected yards per carry. You know, Monterey St. Brown has insulated target floor. He showed some upside earlier this season as he gets healthy. This is another matchup where he definitely could pop some upside. Um, and rest of the season, I just think your floor with Amonra in, in, is a lot safer and higher than what Mixon's ceiling may even be over the next several weeks. You know, you're nine weeks in and the Bengals haven't gotten it right and Mixon's been terribly inefficient.
1: Yeah.
2: All right. Randy also wants to know I guess this is probably for waiver pickup. Rank these three tight <clears throat> rank these three tight ends in terms of priority for pickup. Okay. Or I guess play. I'm assuming all three under his roster potentially. Isaiah likely if Andrews doesn't go. Darren Waller, Tyler Conklin.
0: It's likely Conklin Waller for me.
2: Ryan. Um,
3: I think I go. I think I'd go the way he has it. Likely, Waller Conklin.
2: They're playing likely for sure. If if, if Andrews, Andrews
1: doesn't, doesn't go, go, it's
0: likely by a mile.
2: The, yeah. The, the problem is Monday night football. It's a Monday night game, and you're not going to know about Andrews probably until that game. So you're going to have to have
0: Jawan Johnson.
2: Jawan Johnson, if he's out on waivers, uh, Taysom Hill. I, again, I don't. He he's he's actually
0: probably, probably the a sneaky good game to have Taysom Hill. Yeah, uh, he's probably rostered.
2: You want to probably, if you're gonna roll with the, with the prediction of likely, I may I may also play him if Andrews doesn't go, or or, or if Andrews doesn't. I was go lucky enough gonna, to get
0: him in the one place that I have a share of Andrews. So
2: yeah, there. Let's go. Keep this did, rolling. Did you here. Give your answer. Me? Yeah. He's I go like, likely. Likely. It? Yeah, rank I would. Him. Likely you're, Waller Conklin.
0: You're Waller Conklin? Yeah. I'm Conklin over Waller, given.
2: I am likely and then pick up at Saints tight end because you can't play Waller or Conklin e- either way. So, yeah. But that's how I'd rank him. All right. Luca wants to know just a little bit of suggestion for his team the rest of the year. He's got Cousins, ETN, uh, Kenneth Walker, AJ Brown, Mike Evans, Dallas Goddard, <laughs> Chubb, Sutton. Brandon Cooks, A-Rob, Bateman, White, Deion Jackson, Carr. So highlights here, uh, Cousins, Jackson as his quarterbacks, strong running back room with Etienne, Walker, and Chubb with Rashad White, Deion Jackson's backups, wide receivers of A.J. Brown, Mike Evans, and Sutton with Cooks and A-Rob and Bateman to kind of round that out. And then Dallas Goddard as his tight end. It's a good all over on roster you're gonna you're gonna have to probably keep um rotating quarterbacks in It's both cousins and card doesn't they provide some consistency especially cousins provides consistency both both quarterbacks don't have a lot of boom to them right he now,
0: had, did you say you had Jackson no
2: he does not have Jackson. Dion Jackson. Jackson. Jackson I'm sorry Dion Jackson
0: sorry you said Jackson right after cousins and I was yeah I moved
2: off. yeah no I moved yeah I'm trying to read through them relatively quickly here to get through it. Um, Do you guys have any suggestions on what to do with this team? I'm assuming this is a struggling team based on record, but it's a good team. I mean, it's a great running back room, right?
0: It's a, it's a great running back room. Um, I mean, with ETN and Walker and, and Chubb, it's kind of what I said, I mean, earlier, right? AJB, big boom. But there's been some games on the floor's falling out. Mike Evans, kind of the same thing. You've had some games where where the floor just hasn't been here. You've got potential for very good wide receivers week in and week out, but you have no floor at the upside of your wide receiver. Um, I would see if I could move one of those stud backs and give yourself a little bit more floor at the wide receiver position. Now, Dan hates trading away from running backs. And again, um, if you want to run with, three backs at the top and that's your core and whatever upside you get out of your wide receivers. Great. That team is structured. This team is structured to absolutely do that and be fine. But that's the one area where I look up and down this roster and I see, okay, maybe I could get some improvement out of this is a little bit more high end floor out of the wide receiver room. And your best trade chips is where you have your most depth. And that's with those three running backs Maybe even if you could go a one for two and get you know some some floor out of a wide receiver and you know, I don't know maybe a difference maker quarterback wide just as a little cherry on top so that you don't have to worry about the stream every week. Those are my two recommendations
2: Ryan anything that I, I don't
3: almost just stand pet where he's at just because I feel like You're gonna start overthinking it, they might be overpaying for someone. So I kind of just hold it and play the matchup, especially with the quarterbacks between Cousins and Carr.
0: Yeah. And I agree there. You don't have to to make a move. If I were to look at moves though, that's kind of where my answer was is those are the moves that I'd be looking
1: at.
2: Right. Yeah. Moving I it's if you can go and pick up a streaming like I, I hate trading for quarterbacks in single QB leagues. I do too. It's mm-hmm. it's there's just very little positional value gain in terms of being able to pick up a Justin Fields or or a Marcus Mariota or a Daniel Jones and just play based on matchup. I I, I wouldn't be trading any actual viable starters or depth to make that. Josh mm-hmm. Allen's gonna cost too much. Lamar Jackson's a fine one to pick at, but again, you're giving up startable talent that I just it's you know, f- you know, you don't replacement do that alone, level you, for sure. If you, you just can get you don't it, do it.
0: You can get it on top of another deal, yeah. sure, but you don't do that in no box. I actually really
2: like his team. I actually like his team too. enough to where you don't have to do too much. You just gotta hope that that variance plays in your favor moving forward. But that again, it's it's just you're gonna keep streaming QB and you're gonna you know, you're
0: you're gonna some, gone
2: through his... uh Goddard's gone through his bye week, so you have your tight end for the rest of the year.
0: Yeah, and, I think you're just you're gonna have some weeks maybe where you don't get what you hope for out of your wide receivers, but you're gonna have some weeks where they, you know, win you weeks and and blow some things out as well. And that's yeah. You know, I mean, having you,
2: AJ Brown and Mike Evans is a really nice start to it's a you just, yeah yeah yeah. It's it, gr-
0: it's great upside. Yeah, you're you should be right. Hopefully, and all your floors in your running backs anyway. So yeah, you're
2: building it right. All right, you're fine. Val's a goat, made a trade, team seven and one. So he's in a position to hopefully, you know, he's in a position to, to where he's looking at the playoffs and maybe, you know, maybe getting some better matchups down the road as we've gotten more information about the teams. He just traded Adam Thielen, Amon Ross St. Brown, Tom Brady, DeAndre Swift. So big boy trade here. Big girl, Ooh. big boy trade here.
0: Hey, can I write that down? Yes. Thielen. I'm He's on dealing uh, Brady Swift.
2: Swift. Yep. He got in return Jonathan Taylor, mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes, and Amari Cooper. Uh, Seven and one team. So
0: Swift for Taylor both heard, assuming they're both healthy. That edge goes to Taylor. Edge obviously to Mahomes on the. On the quarterback side, edge to Cooper over ARSB and Thielen. So yeah, I like it. I, I like the Taylor Mahomes Cooper side on this. You got you got better, and you don't you're not really hurting the upside of your team by any any move that you made there. Um and if you moved ARSB and Thielen, just knowing where those guys were drafted, that's not the top of your wide receiver room anyway. You just turned probably a surplus and somebody who might have been started as a flex or a wide receiver three into the Mari Cooper. who has got big upside in that role. So he yeah, actually yeah, big went time
3: boom bust.
2: He actually went, it looks like cause he, he did post his team. He, he did post the highlights of his team. He probably went, looks like he waited a little bit later on receiver, receiver. here. So he's got, got, so, he, so he's got, so he's, so he's got, uh, Christian McCaffrey, Damian Pierce, Hopkins. Remember, he drafted Hopkins when yeah. he was on a six-game suspension, so he's a 6'7th round pick. Yep. Uh, Travis Kelsey, you get to pair that with Mahomes now. Travis Etienne, and then, and then Alan Lazard. So he's got the beautiful up stacks, upside stack in Mahomes and Kelsey. And he gets to add in JT with etn and Pierce and CMC, so his running back room, which was just, it was just a side... You know, you know it's a side move between Swift and JT. Both running backs are banged up, really can't seem to get themselves on the on the field. I trust JT more in that sense. Um a big upgrade to go from Brady to Mahomes, though. Yep. And Cooper oh, yeah. huge. And Cooper will get Watson at some point, so which should be an upgrade.
0: And even if not, I mean it's not like he's been bad by any stretch of the imagination. So oh.
2: Ryan, any quick thoughts before we uh, jump to the next question? Here, no, we're good.
0: Well, apparently, we get all the questions after eleven o'clock. <laughs> a
2: lot of them, love it after
0: they
3: midnight. Just, they just is. know
2: They just know when the show is about. them. they're like, I got these guys. Um, so Kyle's got a thing here. He's got Aaron Jones, uh, Monty Hunt, Pollard. So he's got the collections of of uh, of good, efficient, and or. Number ones in timeshares. Uh Murray Patterson, Godwin Lockett, Diggs, Boyd. I'm I'm just gonna read through this. I'm also reading the question for the first time here. So <laughs> I have Aaron Jones, Monty Hunt, Pollard, Murray Patterson, Godwin Lockett, Diggs, Boyd Waller, Ingram Tunyon. Guy wants Godwin, Pollard, and Boyd for Tyree Kill. So it's a three for one deal to get the to get the best player in the deal.
0: He wants what? Sorry, Ingram, Pollard, and Boyd. No, Godwin,
1: wants, Godwin, Pollard, and Boyd. He wants Godwin, Pollard,
2: and Boyd, Pollard and Boyd for Tyree Kill. All of his running backs have their bye week in week fourteen, so Pollard would be his only active. I mean, that's a problem you have to save for the future. But I guess start adding. Get Deion Jackson now. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know when the Colts' bye week is. Right? It's this week. Is It's not this week. It's some. Some point. I think it's week fourteen. Hit probably so, also week 14. Is it a week 14? That's a
0: later <laughs> you problem.
2: <laughs> that is a... I keep watching waiver wires and keep stashing backs. But again, so let's go back to the trader. Godwin, uh, Pollard, and Boyd for a Tyree kill. We've talked <laughs> a lot about Godwin. Uh, Pollard will be in a timeshare because uh, Jerry Jones still has to defend the Zeke contract. And Tyler Boyd's got inflated value with Chase Hurt.
0: Yeah. So Boyd doesn't. Yeah, I, I mean you're pairing Hill with Diggs. That's first off, great. Um, losing Pollard, I think you are. I mean, it's a running back room. Probably your RB two, especially with Montgomery falling off.
2: Outside of Aaron Jones, it's it's pretty.
0: It's a, yeah.
2: Yeah. It's a hero RB build, right? You have but, one running back, and you're streaming the second RB spot. Losing
0: Pollard doesn't change that to me.
2: No, because he's going to go right back to his hyper. If it's hyper efficient, but you know, below, yeah, below Duff, yeah, yeah. That's why I would also ask Kyle. It's a good, it's a good question to ask.
3: Deion Jackson does have a Week 14 buy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> who doesn't have? A, all right, who doesn't have a Week 14 buy? How do we? How do we fix this? He was not on by in week 14.
2: Well, let's, let's also yeah. worry about that
0: in week 14.
2: When we get closer yeah. to week 14, um, I, I, again, Godwin, Apollo, or Boyd for Tyreek Hill. What's I, I would do it, yeah. Ryan, where are you at on this trade?
1: Would you uh, move the
2: three package for Hill? I
3: don't know, because you already have Lockett and... I feel like Diggs Lockett is not a bad combo. It's, it's not, good but upgrade. it gets even
0: better. And I don't think you downgrade. I mean, you, it. you don't downgrade I mean, anyway. You lift. still
2: have Diggs Lockett after this deal. He's not
0: a part yeah. of
3: the
2: trade. But yeah, but I like losing Pollard.
3: Although he does,
1: he does have Jonathan Monty. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Never mind. I, I'm looking. I was looking too far into. I was looking into it the other way. Like he doesn't lose all the like you have all these backs gone. But yeah, when Week 14 comes, that's when you worry about it. I would embrace
2: the build you're making. Yeah, embrace here, embrace here. RB, and the only decision you have to make every week is your RB two slot. Yeah. Which you have Hunt, yeah. you have Monty. He's got. He says he says he has Latavius Murray.
1: There right,
0: you
2: go. It's not. It's this is the risk you take, and this is why you, you go and you find guys like Deion Jackson. You know Chase Edmonds probably dropped got moved to Denver.
0: Kenyon Drake Wilson
2: now. Kenyon Drake.
0: Kenyon Drake. Yeah.
2: Um he still has Warren. Like Jillian, like go and stash Jeff Wilson, go and stash. Like there are there are bags you can go and do. Um otherwise keep asking and we'll keep trying to figure out this thing for you over the weeks. Thank yep. you guys for all the uh for all the questions. We appreciate it all.
0: It makes it fun.
2: That is the the fucking show. We'll makes be here for the
0: longest episode ever.
2: We'll be here. Right. No, it's not that it can't be the longest episode ever.
0: It's over three hours.
2: That's that's still the ball blast girls show. Are we that, over that four was four hours with them? There was three and a half, almost four.
0: And so we are at three hours and
2: uh, uh Kyle, if you're still listening, Patterson's off IR. So yeah. Patterson is back.
0: Patterson's off IR. Yeah, so you, so just remember. Yeah. yeah. Three hours and twenty minutes. All right. That's a shot. Uh, We'll be back
2: Sunday, probably around 10 o'clock with no London games. Yay. Line, uh, uh, 11 What's, o'clock, uh, Ryan's uh, time.
0: 10 o'clock central, Ryan. Yes. Yes, I got well, that. Let's see
2: you guys then. Oh, wait, hold on. We didn't answer Ryan's question. There's another Ryan question.
3: I didn't ask any questions.
0: I'm not oh, responsible no. for questions. That's no, you. Randy. I know. Randy
2: said we didn't answer mine.
0: Okay. Uh, what back. did we I'm answer?
2: So, oh, Randy okay. has. All right. Maybe it's the one. That, so, Randy is the one giving up Mixon for St. Brown.
0: Oh. we No, did. I wouldn't do it. Yeah. Oh, give up Mixon to get St. Brown? He's trading Mixon. you would be trading oh. Mixon for St. Brown. Yeah, I'd do that. We answered yeah. that. We're on the St. Brown side.
2: Yeah. And I agree. Randy, if that's not it, just reach out in the DMs on Twitter. We'll answer. That's the show.
0: Thanks, guys. Love you guys. Thank tonight. you. Actually, let me check my dashboard real quick and make sure something didn't get weirdly hidden for some reason. YouTube does that sometimes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't see anything that was was hidden.
2: No. There's a lot of stuff being thrown out.
0: There's Is Conklin a start.
2: Oh. Yes, he asked that right before one. that. Is Conklin okay. a start? I said it's been ugly. We did. We did a lot of talking on Conklin. So
0: yeah, we we did, and I think the general consensus is he's a he's one of the better streaming options if necessary.
2: Yes.
1: Oh, I don't know, man. All right. I'm right. sleepy.
3: Me too.
0: Yeah, and I got to get up and actually go into the office tomorrow. Which means I think I got to wake up an hour earlier than normal.
3: <laughs> what?